Okay. Um, all right. In five, four, three. I know. I usually do. He doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is the point of a countdown if immediately afterwards you just start fucking talking, Mike? <laughs> well, he knows when to talk. Okay. So this is another episode of Hibernate in Canada, apparently. <laughs> I'm Tom. With me as always are. Steve. I'm not as always, but I'm Matt. <laughs> Ward. Mike. And Dan. Okay, so you may have noticed that uh, we have a not as always all with us today, uh, Matt Chaffee. Yep, that works. Works or is accurate? Well, it's chafy, but anything that doesn't have an R in it, I usually accept. If How the R. fuck do they get an R in There's there? There's a lot of charfies. Um, Charf? Yeah. Huh. Well, I like that. Chaffer. Chafer. <laughs> Chafer? <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's a... It sounds family. uncomfortable. <laughs> I think people just see, like... Two letters the same twice in a row, and they just give up. And <laughs> it is hard. Well, it's like, yeah. like, an, like two Fs is so fucking impossible. <laughs> two Fs, two E's, and they're lost. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> well, didn't yeah. it's impossible. Thanks, Obama. Didn't, didn't S's used to look like Fs or something weird in like old English? Dude, you're the one that took it. Had an English degree. But I think had like, an English degree. No one took it away from you. Yeah, <laughs> English degree. Well, it's not actually an English degree. It's comparative literature. Yeah, so you really know. Much better acronym. Uh, <laughs> yep, correct. Womp womp. But yeah, I think it was, I can't remember. I think the S's used to look like F's. I'll believe you. Back sure. Old Shakespeare so, days. Okay, so this is... I'm blaming <laughs> Shakespeare on being called the wrong name. That's why we're going to leave this. Yeah. So we've learned. Okay. Yeah, I blame everything on Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah okay, so... And the psychology background, <laughs> you can also blame your parents. That's all I took out of university. But sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and not a penis. Is it, though? No, it's always a penis. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, we are off to a fantastic start. Um, so I want to go to the, the highlight of the show. Ward... We already talked about penises. Well, okay. No, they can't be a highlight if we do it all the time. Are you wanting me mm. to talk about my penis? No, no, please don't. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Tell us what you did this weekend, Hobby. Uh, I worked on some ruins, and I also worked on some armature hilverns. So I've got two of them right now. And I was going to say, you've got how many days till Las Vegas open at this point in time? Well, to I'm finish hope, an army? Yeah, well, I'm just hoping to get uh, the three. I'm going to get a trio done. Is Ward, we need one? you to lean in. Or Sorry, just, or, or talk louder. Loud. Or what talk, is, what is I'll just be very annoying and talk very loud then, so. I don't uh, believe it. The plan is to do a trio, so I'm waiting for the second a box. A trio is three for those of you following along. Yeah, I actually <laughs> held up three fingers just yeah. to clarify that. I wasn't sure. Well, Everybody saw it, Ward. Okay, Everybody saw perfect. it. Perfect. Very language-focused episode. That's <laughs> 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 text of the day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I uh, started building some of those, so I got, like, the main... Uh, uh, Body uh, sections. I still got to work on the legs, basing, and all that fun stuff. Don't skip leg day. And yeah, yeah, not on those guys. And then I'll hopefully be working on the metallics here shortly. Okay. Um, You're actually going to be painting on these guys. That well, that's the plan. That I'm going to borrow the knights from. <laughs> that's the always the plan, more. Well, the plan. 
The plan rarely ever <laughs> works out. Plans change upon contact with the enemy. You, so, uh, you, <laughs> you were gonna play your Thousand Sons was the original plan. There were was, no armagers ever involved. That was a long time ago. Yeah, things have changed. So now we're down to because are you gonna use the two of mines? You really need. You really need to get one armager done. I'm gonna try to do three, so that way the two. You also are need. Separate. Uh, you need to do another fist. You need to pick up a knight and do a fist because I don't have a third gallant. So you got to do a little uh-huh. more. Hey, Ward's got to paint fists. Wow. Yeah, they're not. Uh, <laughs> they're literally an imperial fist. Yeah, a imperial fist, I Ward. Can, can you paint a single imperial fist? I can maybe do that. Okay, you're gonna have to. We'll see. Otherwise, we have to rework the list, and then there's no point in even doing the three uh, Helvarans. So what's what's yeah? Can I figure that out. Fair enough. Okay. Hey, who's next? Uh, I'll go. Uh, I got the bases done for twenty boys, uh, ten grots, and ten ludas. Which doesn't sound like a lot. Did you get the girls' bases done, too? What? You said 20 boys. Did you get the girls' bases done? No, we're just hearing it for the boys. Okay. Right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, But because I'm doing the, like, rubble bases for all of my Death Skulls, there actually was a lot more just cleaning of parts in that. Because every time I grab, like, a new bit to put on the base, I've got to scrape off the mold lines. I did not drill a single... Um, barrel on any of the weapons that I put on the base because I can just cover that shit with sand. Yeah, mud. So uh, totally. it's okay. But I did drill out all the barrels and all the sluggers. Okay, right. Good. So I'll, I'll let that go. Although it was kind of fun because I couldn't find my like best size because the sluggers are there's like three or four different sizes of nozzles for them. So I just drilled the single hole that was a little one. But they're not even remotely standard guns in the first place. No. So this is my solution. I'm like, it looks too small. Well, but orcs aren't really great craftsmen, so what I did is just took my, like, X-Acto knife and did the spin to make the hole larger, <laughs> so it's not actually perfectly circular or, like, round or anything. It looks super shoddy, which for me, I think is the perfect orc nozzle, because <laughs> that should not work at all. Wait. But it does. You said orc nozzle? Are we talking about barrels still? Yes. <laughs> okay. We're talking about barrels of guns, Ward, but... Ward, gotcha. We're talking about drilling your own We've been doing Focus. this? It's going to be five years in April. I'm always talking about penises. <laughs> Very concerning. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Uh, and then, yeah, I got them all on those bases. And then I went to Prime, and we had, like, the windiest day we've had in, like, two months. And I was like, mm. nope. Yeah, Prime that, inside your house. That was the day that semi-trailers were, like, tipping over and stuff. Yeah. On the highway. Yeah, yeah Prime right inside your house. It's fine. And no, no, build a booth. Build a spray booth and a hose. Yeah. The, Just but spray it, inside a plastic bag, and then put the bag over your head. So, okay, so when we had that, like, really bad weather a few months back... <laughs> I actually was, like, going into my bathroom, turning the fan on, and being like, Sab, are you cool with this? And just, like, spraying shit in the bathroom with the fan on. The joy of being a renter. Yeah. <laughs> right? I admittedly prime in my furnace room, so the uh, fumes immediately just disperse with the, ent- the entire house. Yeah, but at least there's a filter on the pilot light. It's like Chaos yeah, Black Potpourri. It's great. Yeah, totally. Chaos it cool. sets the mood. I bought a Rubbermaid container yeah. and cut a hole in the back and put a bathroom fan in it. And put some flex tubing on uh, vent dryer snorkel and threw it out my window so that I can now prime and airbrush inside my house. That is too complicated. It, it, cost like, it cost like 50 bucks. It was super cheap. That is awesome. I've thought about doing that, but I know I would just end up sucking on the end of the hose. Stan <laughs> <laughs> loves his Chaos Black Primer. Getting, oh my God, getting lit Black. on sweet pigments. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. Chaos Black Primer is a nice smell. <laughs> it's oddly soothing for me. I air also air like the smell of gasoline, so there's brain damage <laughs> in my future. Future? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you're huffing gasoline and primer fumes, <laughs> there is no future. It's not a hypothetical anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Cross that line. Probably haven't. <laughs> uh, what about you, Steve? 
this week's been a little bit slower. Um, been working on actually Wraith Blades. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that later. The Sorty uh, Sword ones this time? Sorty Sword ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had the... Uh, you may remember from uh, episodes many moons ago that I had a Wraith Guard stolen in Vegas many years ago. The one single model. One single fucking Wraith Guard got stolen down at the LVO. So I had a unit of four Wraith Guard that you can't take, right, with really anything. So uh, I decided to take the Axe and Shield guys and the remaining four and have a unit of nine Wraith Blades. Oh. Yeah, so I'll reuse them eventually. And I think they're actually going to come to Vegas. I think they're going to be in the LVO list, which we'll talk about why, because of... I'm things? so like, curious to see how many iterations of... I think I'm taking this to LVO. We go through in the next, how, like, how six many, weeks. How many episodes until Vegas? Three. Yeah, well, there's really there's really not many more changes in the meta. I've got one <laughs> tournament till Vegas here in Edmonton, so unless something really crazy happens and my, I do really poorly, it's probably what I'll bring. Are you guys all going? No. Just those nice. two guys. Mm-hmm. Tom mm-hmm. has come... In years past. I go every second year because I work for not for profit and can't afford to go to do that trip every year. <laughs> oh, I hear you. <laughs> well, you could, but you choose to go to uh, Lock and Load every year. That's like the required one for you. Yeah, because Lock and Load is the greatest convention you'll ever go to. Mm. Still not sure about that. It, you know, we've talked having about never been, <laughs> Having never been, I'm willing to pass judgment. It's not, it's not like you go there for the games. You go there for just the atmosphere of... Twenty sure. like seventy two hours of straight gaming and sure. boozing and yeah. everything else. So. And the likelihood of catching a Mariners game at Lock and Load is much higher than at LVO. Correct, mm. that is true. Because yeah. a wrong fucking time of year. Yeah. B wrong catch, fucking state. You might be able to catch some college baseball. Yeah, probably not. No, you could actually catch some NHL hockey now. Oh, that's true. I could. Yeah. Yeah. In Vegas. Uh, uh, we were trying to set something up last time. Yeah, but they were playing the Islanders, and I didn't want to see Jordan Eberle in a different jersey. Uh, yeah, or Matt Barzal, who we should totally have on our team. Fuck. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I was gonna say I still have uh, other things, but now I can't remember what I worked on. We played a game. other stuff. We played a game. Oh, I play, uh, worked on some Blackstone Fortress. Nice. And Ward played Thank, a game. Thanks for, <laughs> we, thanks yeah, for not mentioning the game again, dude. I play a lot of games. It's impressive for you. Yes, that's why I mentioned. For it, me, but... less so. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, Matt, have you worked on anything in the last little while? Yeah, I've been uh, working on two Aragato Senken Butai. So those are the Japanese. Uh, oh, yeah, we're all familiar. Don't worry. You can yeah. go right on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, the, I feel like I'm here so, and, for a reason that means that I can't use shorthand for this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. They're, Mike uh, actually might know what's going they're on. They're a Japanese sort of cyber biker unit for uh, yep. Infinity. Nice. What cool. what faction are they part of? So going to go part of the, uh, Not anymore. Fuck. Okay, yeah, they're so part, close. They were Sick part of Yujing until earlier this year when Yujing actually seceded in a violent revolution. Sorry, the Japan violently seceded in a revolution from Yujing. So now they have their own army. They're all on their oh, own. Okay. So I've uh, I started repainting that entire army in December of last year, and I am now one and a half models away from being done. Interesting. Okay. If, it, if it was me talking, it'd be the other way. You'd be like one and a half models in. Yeah. yeah. In one year. That's just what I expect from yeah. people. Like, oh, wait, no, you, you actually get shit done. I got to get used to this. So I'm going old school, so you're one and a half Barnabys in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, Sorry, Barnaby. It's also only about 25 models, so. Okay. <laughs> that that honestly doesn't change the math. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's whatever chunks you break it into take forever. So. Unless yeah. it's a battle tech model. No. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I kind of miss when GW was really sucking because I was like into all these skirmish games and painting was like just such a breeze. Yeah. And now it's... that they're back, I'm like, mm, I'm going to do a unit of a single of just guardians in 20 months. 
it is nice to be able to paint like uh, 20 model force and paint 20 different individual sculpts with yeah that's cool slightly different paint job variations yeah, you can and also like a character instead of uh, an army right? well knowing that there are different like variations on how you play too so you paint them all and you're like oh, I'm going to put it on the board now and it's going to do this shit for me and I know it's, I'm going to use it this way and that's kind of fun and you're like yeah. maybe I didn't like that so I'm going to paint one more model to change it and yeah. I'm like okay so I'm redoing my orcs and I'm going for a lower model count and I still have to paint twenty boys and ten more crops. <laughs> yeah, which the twenty? You already have twenty. No, but in the new scheme. Okay, gotcha. I already have like sixty. Yeah, there you go. But that's barely even getting started. But the, yeah, it's barely getting started, and they're on twenty fives, and orcs just look so much better on thirty twos. Yeah, true. I'll give you that. They're a big model. They're actually, yeah. pretty like bulky. Okay, moving on to who now? Mikey. Mike. Uh, Get ready. Uh, no, it's not that much. It's only been a week, right? So I got. Uh, <laughs> So they finished like three armies, okay. guys. No big deal. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. You can use my time. Oh, yeah, yeah. My air time guys. is <laughs> not going to. No, no. I only got. I got seven Mustangs done. Uh, then the Tusky, uh, Tusky Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So this is World War Two stuff. This yeah, is yeah. It's World War Two Mustangs, right? Okay. So they're all done up now, and I finished one Blackstone Fortress, the Rogue Trader. He's done now. Janus nice. Drake. Yes, yes. He's got his striped pants and everything Ooh. on. He's done. What kind of stripes are they? Uh, gray. And uh, shadow gray and Fender's gray and various shades in between. So it's just like shades all kind of, of gray. Yeah, it's shades of gray. How many? How many? How many? Yeah. D- what? Two. Fifty. Oh, that was the joke. Okay, now. Oh. What? Uh, what are you painting World War Two models for? Uh, Blood Red Skies. It's okay. uh, it's uh, one of the games that Andy Chamber worked on recently. Hmm. Um, only one Andy cl- Chamber. Yeah, only one Andy Chamber. Chambers. Chambers. No, it's a single barrel Andy Chamber. Okay. Uh, no, but there it's a World War II. It's like the fine air combat Andy Chamber. Yes, it, it's yeah. similar to X Wing in some respects. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Wing, like Wings of War tell, uh like no, it's, car maneuvers. Yeah, or? no, no, it's not. It's it's all movement in forty five degree angles oh. and stuff like that. But there's also climbing and diving in it, which is on the uh, on the stand to represent that and, and it adds a different depth to it. Which makes sense. In World War II game, you'd have to have, like, because we always talked about having the height advantage and attacking out of the sun yep. and that whole thing. And that's thing. a big thing there. Yeah. Like, you can, if you don't have the height advantage. Do you have a sunward edge? A what? Sunward edge? Like, which direction like the sun like is? Like an old BFG. No. I was no, going to say, you playing it out yeah. west? Like, what the fuck's going on here? The solar sail. Oh, oh man, this is like retro theater for me here. Yeah, I still have a pretty large Eldar BFG army. Yeah. I have a Good huge time. chaos fleet. We should play a BFG game. Now? Yeah, let's just cancel <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's probably got a Imperial fleet kicking around somewhere. Oh, God. I don't even know where, but somewhere, I'm sure somewhere there's a beaten to shit he Imperial army. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once that I know army, Mike has a couple fleets. That yeah. an Imperial fleet of mine went missing <laughs> once, and I looked everywhere for it. And actually, at this point, like I was like 12, living at home or whatever. We had a housekeeper, Hopefully. and that, I found my fucking Imperial Gothic <laughs> fleet in a garbage can because it got like knocked off a shelf and broken. So the housekeeper was like, "Oh, I broke all these models. I'll just throw them directly in the trash." She was fired um. the next day. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I had my way, she would have been. Twelve-year-olds are known for their uh, <laughs> poise and even-temperedness, so yep. it would make sense. Perfectly rational decision making. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do have an Imperial broken to shit fleet somewhere. Cool. Aconite frigates. Those are good. Hemlocks? Yeah. Hemlocks. Wow. Hemlocks are good. 
What was the torpedo? No, the hemlocks were not the torpedo. They were the dual. Anyways, we're off. <laughs> we have so much to get through today, <laughs> and we're not even. Mike, anything else? No, that's it. That's okay. Oh, okay. Dan, can we just immediately skip through? Yep. Okay. okay. Uh, shut up and take my money. It's probably going to be pretty quick, because I think most of, like, last week, all of us had pretty lengthy lists of shit we're going to be buying. Yes, yeah. I bought all mine already, so now I can <laughs> buy something else. Um, so mine is going to be really simple. Uh, from Grimforge Studios, they make a product, which I'm really excited about, where you can take your 25 mil bases for fantasy models and click them into these little adapters that turn them into 32 mil rounds. Oh. So I'm going to be able to play in Warhammer this year and not have to paint a goddamn model. Nice. Can you do it with the model still on the base? Yeah. 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 Oh, it just, okay. It's so like a little, a little clip insert. On the and, they, and they are nice. relatively local. They're just based in Calgary. It's a Calgary company, so, so. Su- support local. Um, they're really cheap, too. Like They're only a couple bucks for five or whatever it is. Oh, okay. So it's probably going to cost me like 50, 60 bucks to do my entire army. Sweet. Yeah, I've, I've huh. seen some of those to turn 25 mil bases into 32, but I haven't seen any like... Square Fantasy round. square to the new round base. One. Yeah. Because in my mind, I, I might play a game of Ninth Age, potentially, because there's a lot of people all around here that do play Ninth Age. Yeah. But I don't want to do any of that work for my Skaven army to bring them over to Age of Sigmar round. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, but they've got it for both the 25s and the 20s. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like so, that. yeah, you could play your, your Skaven with doing zero work. That's pretty cool. I like it. So. Uh, that's it for you. And they also do movement trays, and fuck, I'll need a bunch of those for 40k, because, dear God. Yep. Orcs. Yeah, Yeah, getting orcs done in a time limit is sort of an issue. Yep. For me, uh, it's going to be a ticket to, a plane ticket to Vegas. That's it. I'm I'm good now. Yeah, we got to do that, I guess. Yeah, that's going to be a bit, Mm. bit more pricey than the usual hobby purchase, so that'll be it. How about you? They just dropped the new uh, Invincible Army starter for, again, Infinity UK. Sounds OP. God, it man. Is, it is pretty OP. <laughs> it's is almost like we brought you here to talk about Infinity. I know. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> these little, like, foreshadowings into the coming conversation. <laughs> totally. But uh, that's really uh, got me it's pretty cool. doing my best not to jump factions right now. You're, you're making me want to paint on my Nomads. I got most of them done, but I never finished them. You should finish them. I know. Just in time for something coming up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're going to talk about it in a moment, Ward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have to buy two more armagers. Uh, they are on order, so they're going to come. And I also need some bases for said army, so I'm actually looking at uh, Death Ray Designs. Uh, they got a lot of base toppers, uh, so some of the different... Do you use GW texture paints, man? Just do that. That sounds horrible. Sounds good. <laughs> or or just use pumice gel. It's, it's repeatable. Well, which, later on in the episode, we got to talk about that. Uh, Can we just have a whole segment where we immediately shoot down all of Ward's ideas? Yes. Is that I, our this podcast? Is fun. I think that's the podcast. I'm, I'm enjoying sure. this. I'm pretty sure this is the podcast. Are we the reason he doesn't paint anything? <laughs> He's like, guys, we're going to do this. And we're like, no. Don't do, <laughs> don't do that. Do it wrong, you Ward. Do just, you got to do it this <laughs> other way that doesn't feel comfortable for you <laughs> and that you're not excited about. Why aren't you painting any models? <laughs> The key to the hobby is to not enjoy any part of the process. <laughs> That's or do I'm any here. of the things that you want to do. Yes, exactly. Okay, sorry. So, so you're gonna get which base toppers? Uh, Definitely Designs has a couple ahead. different ones, so I'm okay. gonna take I'm gonna take a look and see. Um, I've got I think it narrowed down to two. I forget the names of both. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically they just got the toppers uh, where it's either like a, a plastic or an MDF, and you can just glue it to the existing uh, bases that come in the kit. Cool. Um, so just hopefully some quick airbrushing, uh, and then uh, good to go. Nice. Uh, oh, sorry, I have one other question. I want to talk about... You, you should use Green Stuff World Rollers. That's not <laughs> a question. <I> ha- <laughs> <laughs> should uh, you use Green Stuff? 
Yeah, uh, Jeopardy rules are in effect. With, with, I lost on Jeopardy. With the size of the Baby. bases and the amount of the green stuff that I like bought. Well, I mean, like I can do the putty and, and such, I guess. So, but yeah, I'm looking to go with more. So the toppers. Hey, that's fair. I've got money to burn. Yeah, apparently. I wish. <laughs> Mike. Uh, actually, I get to carry one over because it's not out yet. I want to get the Wrath and Rapture that's yep. coming out. Oh yeah. I really want to get my hands on those uh, hounds. And I actually want to get a 4x4 four four Mars mat. Nice. To go with my Adeptus Titanicus. Oh, you nice. should. Which mat are you looking at? I haven't yet. I, I just want to get one. I keep. Isn't there a new design? Frontline or? Gaming's uh, Mars base is actually really fucking cool. Okay. And there's. I need 4x6. I need so to. both. Yep. I need to try and find the name again, but there's um, a Canadian company as well that's making these that they do them double-sided. Hot Dice Gaming. That sounds familiar. Yeah, Hot <laughs> Dice Gaming out of Toronto has uh, some great textures. They have the double-sided. They have 4x4, 4x6. Yeah, they're yeah and, and support local. Yeah, also, yeah, it's to get them shipped, I had three mats shipped as prize support for something, <laughs> and uh, it cost <laughs> 40 bucks total to get um, all of them shipped here, which is oh, that's way pretty good. better than you pay yeah, for Because uh, inter- yeah. international shipping of neoprene mats is yes. fucking brutal. Yeah. So like they have like a neoprene sniffing dog at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> ups the tally on that. Oh, mats are oh, 80 bucks. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, their mats are what, like something like 90 Canadian for a 4x4 and about 140 for a 6x4, I think. Uh, but again, that's double-sided. I feel like they're a little less than that, but sort of that neighborhood, that ballpark. Maybe they just like you give you a better deal. It could be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and you get in with your buddies and get them all shipped for nothing yeah, and it's yeah. you're saving money. If you're not in a hurry too, I know that uh, Maelstrom Mats is also looking at branching into the 4x4s and four by sixes, so I'm not sure about designs yet, but Jack was talking about it, so yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's it for me. Um, oh, pretty much the only thing I've been picking up lately is actually just been. I've actually. It's kind of weird. I've been uh, grabbing some dice for Blackstone Fortress, so I want dice like specific to each character because the dice that come in the set <laughs> for fucking Pip D sixes, they're actually pretty ugly. Like the pips are just I like never way too big. That. Okay. Oh, I noticed sure. everything. Specific dice for every character. He's a pit man. There's only eight. It's not that crazy. Pit boy? How many, how many dice boy. per guy? Four? Because each, each guy needs four dice, yeah. three like technically for the robot. I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> and then Destiny dice? The Destiny dice is just the 5d6 and then the d20, so it's actually not a crazy amount of dice. Um, so I'm actually... I what are you going to do mission? anything for the weird tetrahedral ones and that shit with the weird... Because that would be... That, you couldn't even... Those, yeah, those have custom symbols yeah, and okay. like half yeah. to a, half or a third or two-thirds or whatever, the symbols are blank. You're never really going to find a, an analog You could for carve those. your own. I could whittle my yeah, own. You should whittle your own. Out of wood. <laughs> yeah. Be very majestic. But, um, or maybe you could paint some models. No. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. Mike, Mike, that's not rewarding. Again, it's almost been five years. Yeah, I get like, it. I too. It's lost cause, gotcha. I'm moving on. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hey, this is Shut Up and Take My Money, man. This is, this is a whole different segment. This is Dan. For yeah, Dan, Dan is a, probably the expert of the group in this segment. Him and Ward. Yeah, no Ward. Ward's got it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... For cleaning? Bases? No, for spending money. <laughs> spending money. Uh, that yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm basically just, again, sourcing some, like, weird out-of-print dice, like, Chessex dice for a Blackstone set. And I'm going to have a shitload of leftovers that I'll probably try to flip online, because currently a lot of those old out-of-print dice are, like, ridiculously in demand. It's basically, like, full-on Beanie Baby status. 
So I've got to get those fucking sets made up and set before people come to their goddamn senses. And uh, <laughs> that's start... a weird fucking reference, man. <laughs> but like it's accurate, last, but weird. The last year or so, these outer print Chessex dice have been selling like fucking crazy. The Facebook group, there's a trading group where it's just people are posting about this shit every thirty seconds. Like it is wild. Like people selling old uh, Chessex, like you know the polyhedral D and D sets, yeah. like the seven dice. If you're getting some of these out of print ones, they're selling for like 200 US. So you're gonna have like a room with all the dice set up, like the beanie baby people used to. <laughs> have their beanie room. Uh, I don't intend to have, you don't that, have one, but uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all Developing. have beanie baby rooms. That's good. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, thought, I, I thought we were talking about dice rooms, not beanie baby rooms. And for a second, I felt left out, and now I'm good again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so my intention again is to basically complete some sets for Blackstone Fortress, and. I'm buying dice bricks to get four dice in each different color. So this sounds extra. This sounds exactly like what something you would do. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. And if it all works out, just like all the other Beanie Baby collector trader people, I'll make millions. It'll be great. I think you have to get out early to make millions. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta see that peak and bail right before peak, and you'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. I, I fully expect that to crash like any minute now because there's no logical reason why these dice are selling for like insane amounts. And Chessex is just gonna start making them again. No, actually, in this case, <coughs> the pigment that they used to use in Borealis dice is now being used to manufacture European currency. This is getting so it's a controlled weird. substance. They can't use that pigment ever again, Tom. How did you even find that out? Yeah, what <laughs> planet are we on? Dan has a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> All that time he would have spent painting. He works. He works Jeez. extra. It's because to make up for the time that he spent researching stuff like this. Yeah, this is this is a piece of knowledge that I did not need to know. <laughs> I know, I know all the things, man. It's great. Uh, okay. I can't even. Should we move so, on? Yeah. Okay. Not really sure so, not even sarcastic. I'm actually really impressed. That's, like the, most, that's the most in-depth gaming knowledge thing I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. It's why no one listens to our podcast. We have tons of useless information, but zero entertainment value. <laughs> this information like that is why I don't have any... Friends. Mental storage space Friends. left over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody went to a different area. That too. I, I sold high on friends. Yes. Uh, or low. But uh, it's why yeah, I don't you're hanging out with us is probably low. <laughs> it's why I don't have any mental capacity left to remember shit like, am I supposed to be somewhere right now? Or eat? It's because I'm remembering <laughs> factoids on random collectible bullshit. Did I shower today? Should I? Well, see, that one you can conveniently check by just smelling yourself. It's great. <laughs> That's a life I put my right arm, there. my hands in my armpits. <laughs> I smell them like this. <laughs> okay, this podcast is already over. Train wreck. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fun. So we need to, we're going to get uh, Matt to get us back in line here. And so you're running a thing. Why don't you tell us about it? So this thing we're running is an infinity event called Colder Than Carbonite, and it happens uh, February 15th, 16th, and 17th, uh, 2019. Well, it's two days, uh, two days of tournament games, but we're having some out-of-town people coming up from the U.S., so there'll be some dudes from Colorado, there's still a couple on the list from Utah coming up, so we're going to do some Canadiana things like uh, sledding or... Going to the Sugar Bowl for poutine, that kind of stuff. Nice, uh, gotcha. Trying to show them around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so two days of gaming, pub night on the Saturday. Um, and yeah, so I guess I could talk a bit about the... So if you got people coming up from the States, how big is this event? So we're going to have... Right now we have about 50 registered players. That is a huge Infinity event. Yeah, it's, uh, it puts us actually at the biggest Infinity event in Canada. And it 
it made us tick into the satellite status. So if you're familiar with Corvus Belly, they run satellite tournaments. And when you win a satellite tournament, you win a seat at the table at their international tournament, the oh, Interplanetario, nice. that runs in uh, Vigo, Spain, uh, I want to say in August every year. So this year we got the we got the, the papal blessing to become uh, Canada's first Corvus Belly satellite. So if you if you win the so this tournament in, in Spain is invite only. This is like for the best players that it's, play Infinity kind of thing. Um, it's not invite only, but there's a sort of a special reserved gotcha. uh, challenge okay. bracket for the people that uh, win these satellites. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it's in some ways it's almost like um, uh, Nova, where they have like the night before the challenge bracket with the good players, and then the regular tournament. So it's a whole thing. I, I think they they all play in the same tournament. They gr- they group the elos differently somehow. I've, I've never been to the, the gotcha. one in Spain. Okay. But yeah, not crazy yet. That, not yet. Not well, I can't win my own tournament. <laughs> Fun fact: No, no, you can, sus- suspicious Edmonton. Yes. Edmonton has a proud history of tos. <laughs> Forging results and winning their own events? No. Okay, we'll talk about that offline later. But <laughs> so it's <laughs> not even been once. I want to say. I want to. No. Say, I just want to specify. Not an infinity. So yeah. <laughs> as far as I know. So, so last year I played, but just to fill the the spot for a Regan. buy, and then I bailed halfway through when someone else couldn't make it. And it's uh, it's a pretty cool group because normally in an event like that, um, we'll have two rules problems over two days. With oh, 50, play, 50 players playing, so and oh, that's it, really solid. It seems to carry over. I, I've played at the Rumble the last couple of years, and the Rumble on Route 66 is a huge Infinity tournament in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with like 130 people playing. Cool. And well, that's, that's it, also ridiculous. Yeah, and with 130 people playing over five rounds over two days, there's one story about like a that guy that had to be dealt with. And yeah. So it's, and I'm guessing that guy doesn't come back the following year. No, like life, <laughs> lifetime ban. Children, children's children. Biblical. <laughs> She'll be written in stone tablets. Your family is now. That's awesome. So the tournament here, it, being the biggest in Canada, you, you obviously have the draw, that kind of thing. Um, where does it run out of? Like, what's what's the venue? We're actually we're running it at the Wellington Park Community Hall. So it's nice. A, it's a, a pretty big space for us. I think we're going to max it out. We've capped this event at sixty five, so we're kind of looking to just sort of round out those last fifteen spots. Uh, and this will probably be the last year in a, a venue like this before we have to look at hotel space to accommodate the out-of-town people right. a little better. For sure. uh, Community we, halls, though, are an excellent place to to have a tournament of that size because the, usually the cost is good. The Edmonton's been putting a ton of money into those actual halls. Yeah. A lot of those communities. And we're getting like a, we're getting a facility for two days and one night for 200 bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. So that means that people's registration is like dumped right into prizes and... The way we tend to do the prizes for events like this is to uh, roll it out almost almost completely randomly. Like your first few will get like the the prime pick, and in this case, the first player is going to get the ticket to a an international tournament. So that's already kind of enough on the plate. But most of the other things are going to go up through random draws, door prizes. So it that's cool. we found yeah. that it sort of just takes the the yeah, killer cool. edge out of the game oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit. And yeah, it's, I been, actually, it's been a fun way to do business. I actually adopted stuff from your event. Um, the year after I played and, That's right, and yeah, yeah. added it into uh, some Onslaught secondary uh, prizes, which was pretty awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Ward is actually the, uh, if I remember right, he is the <laughs> the first, um, first ever Marksmanship Award at Carbonite, which was for a, I think, a 42-inch sniper rifle kill or something it like that. It was like 
edge to edge. And uh, <laughs> I think you finished like last. Oh wait, but the wooden spoon. <laughs> you watched, absolutely. You, watched, you watched, I got the spoon. You walked like, away with uh, the longest sniper kill prize, which was pretty funny. That's solid. It's actually true to Canadian form in the military too. I think we hold the record for real military. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure if we're winning anything either. <laughs> Why was it not losing? <laughs> and Carbonite's ran for a few years already, correct? You did two two events uh, for a few years, and then now it's pared down to the one? Yeah, we started out, I want to say, three or four years ago. We just decided we wanted a place where we could game and drink beer, and we figured the best way to do that would fair. be to throw an event. Fair, and fair we had 18 people the first year, and then the second year we had two events that escalated like from you know 22 to 26 people. And then I believe if you were there last year, Year we had, were you, or the year before? The year before, I The year before we had, uh, I want to say around kind of 30. Last year we capped at 40. And so this year we opened up to 60 spots or 65 spots and we've got 50 in already. So how do you get all the terrain for that many tables for Affinity? That is, that is. Yeah, no, that's, 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 a, that's lot a real of problem. We have a lot of people that have been collecting. And the actual, uh, the card sets that they sell, that yeah. Corvus Belly sells, yeah. actually work pretty well for starting players to build a table that sure. looks decently. Yeah. Decent I have a bunch and, of the stuff that makes cheap. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need three or four sets, but I think we actually, I don't think we need to tap into any of that. I think doing my, my terrain list so far, I have to look at the updated one, but we have, we should have um, 25 painted tables. That's pledged. fucking awesome that the so, community can actually put that together. Yeah. That's crazy. So. Yeah, the it's it's been awesome. Like I've been part of like the like the lists and the the conversation about it and people are just throwing down like I can do two tables, I can do this one, I can have this going. So I mean That's just awesome. having that and the, uh, the willingness to bring it out uh, in addition to your army and cart it around is... Yeah, that's yeah. arguably harder to transport than your army by far. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even arguably. That's yeah, just for legitimately. Sure. No, straight up. It's, uh, especially <laughs> like especially in right. Affinity. you got yeah. 20 models. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your models fit in your belt pack with a snack and <laughs> yeah. your terrain fills the entire trunk of your car. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but totally. we've got a, had a good relationship with the guys from Calgary down there and they have... Now they're coming up very regularly for our events, and they're always bringing like one terrain set per guy at least as well. It's fantastic! And That's awesome. Yeah, so it's a, it was a pretty good time last few years, I think, and it's been growing really well. It's it's getting to the spot where it's too much for one guy to manage, which I'm sure you're pretty familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, familiar with it. He's not familiar with admitting. Not it. familiar with. <laughs> stuff, yeah, uh, I don't turn down help at this point for sure. So <laughs> good to know. Um, when when were the dates again? Uh, February 15th is sort of the first sort of setup and open gaming night, gotcha. but the games happen on the 16th and 17th. When are you accepting registration still? We will accept registrations up until we fill. There's also a drop dead. Uh, because we're a satellite, Corvus Belly is providing us with a whole bunch of prize support and swag oh, for it. Sweet. So they have their community managers getting back to me with when the absolute drop dead date for swag is, but we'll still fill numbers after that gotcha. if we need to. So. I think the best way to keep a prize that would be to follow uh, Edmonton Infinity Gaming on Facebook to for the up to date chatter. Hmm. Cool. And then hmm. presumably they there'd be information there to send you registration, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyone there can can reach out and link you to the actual event. There's um, the event page is buried somewhere. One of the other things that we got affiliated with there's this group in the United States called the Dire States. So they run these networked, large-scale infinity terrains. I mentioned the Rumble on Route 66. So mm -hmm. their grand office 
decided to, it's not super official, but they started calling us the Canadian dire state. So we're linked into their website system, which, and I'm not an administrator on it, so it's a little bit harder <laughs> to make it work properly, but um, everyone gotcha. on the Edmonton Affinity Facebook page can post or point people in the right direction for sure. Cool. You know, it, it's funny because I've never actually played Infinity. I've never really wanted to play Infinity. Um, but that sounds like fun. And in my head, I'm just like, I can paint 20 models. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking good. about this. Because uh, I don't actually have too much to do for the LBO. Yeah. It's the weekend after, I guess, would be. It's the negotiation is going to be. Oh, I could do it. Yeah. If anyone's selling more at super cheap, <laughs> I could probably do it up. Probably, probably there are. And it's also important <laughs> to note that uh, it's painting isn't a requirement for this. Um, if you're painted, you're fully painted, much like if you bring a fully painted terrain set, you're part of that door prize draw. But you can walk in and silver surf it if you want. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I like that. You guys want to say silver surfers? <laughs> no, no. Oh, because no. it's all plastic. It wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I so still have a lot of people. In Radio yeah, Land, yeah. Infinity models are metal, so they're all <laughs> silver surfing is your unpainted Infinity yeah. models. Yeah. Okay. That okay. checks out. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, so it's uh, no requirement if people want to show up on the day of. And the great thing about the, the ELO system is if you play your first couple of games, you're like, oh, I'm kind of new. I don't want to be here. Really rapidly, you tend to trickle into a bracket where you're a little more <laughs> equally paired. Mm, so that'd be me. Yeah. So we tend to. That's even how if I won the wooden spoon. Yeah. You got the bottom of the back of the bracket. So the worst is it, of the I, worst. Was, I was in a bracket. He's bottom gun. Mike, I have a question. <laughs> Yo, what? If we agreed to he, go to this event, he's got Pano that you could borrow. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. no he's trying to weasel out of something right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying. I'm trying to. Oh. No, no. Oh, hear me out. Hear me out. Happens. Hear me out. Hear me out. I hear this before okay. every onslaught, right. by the way. <laughs> Board, yeah. you have yet to live up to your end of this bargain. I don't care, but... <laughs> <laughs> if I were to pick up and paint some more ads, we change our deadline to January 30th for the orcs? All right. I could do that. I'll let you do that. That's only a couple extra weeks. I'm good with that. All right. And we got some got some cheap morats. <laughs> <laughs> I can ask her out for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. It's a pretty lighthearted event. Uh, there's a couple guys that are are going to be in it to win it for sure. But I was going to say, so those guys that are competing uh, for that top spot, they're serious enough that they like if they get that ticket, they're going. Uh, I think they probably would. I that's think cool. uh, awesome. the guys that's that are crazy. typically sitting top of our our meta are are dudes that are in that sort of glory spot where they have two incomes at home and no kids. <laughs> so interesting. That's uh, that's sort of your big enabling factor right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. That'd be such. That'd be cool to win to invite tournament in, in uh, Europe. Just well, and I, I I can't wrap my head around how because uh, if you haven't if you've played the game before, there's a lot of back and forth in the turn, right? You have to discuss yeah. what your action All is, what your order is, and what the opponent's response is. Reaction is, is yeah. and trying to do that in a different language. Is oh, well, yeah, I know, I know for the ETC, uh, it's just English. You have to use English. Yeah, if you can't play your game in English, you need a translator. So no such thing. There's uh, they they tend really? to play, yeah they tend to play the game, and you hear very few serious problems with it either, which is that's crazy amazing to me that these guys will just sit up imagine and play just the game. judicious use of Google Translate would be the way to do it. Brush up on my infinity. Yeah, you're brush like, up on my Spanish, and then you're gonna play a French guy. And L. <laughs> <laughs> There could be a few Italians. We're used to loud English, which is what we do when we don't, someone doesn't speak. Oh, totally. Loud. Just <laughs> yell louder. loud, slow English. Slow. Yeah, yeah, loud, slow English. Work better? Occasionally add an O to the end of words. Bam. El Poco in El Gano. Blitz action. El. I'll just rock my like usual hoser accent and just really confuse them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Cool. Okay. That uh, sounds like a lot of fun. It's yeah, like, it sounds like a really cool I did, I did play at Onslaught, uh, Infinity Tournament at Onslaught a couple years ago. Okay. I did enjoy it. It's it's just and, this and, stupid game. And Matt's been awesome for, for helping me out uh, with with taking over pretty much like running the Infinity portion. Like, yeah. I basically don't have to worry about... That's the way it should be. You should delegate when you start getting It's kind of nice for sure. So. Yeah. so what you're saying, though, is I should change Infinity and 40K and make them different days. Yeah, I'd be more interested in that, for oh, sure. There yeah. you go. So. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I always say we're tournaments sort of in name only because I didn't realize the the mental baggage so many people around here have with the word tournament when it came to We have a weird scene for that, actually. That's an interesting point that you touch on. I see that, too, in, in 40K, for sure. We are, I actually discovered it was like finding one of those lost Amazon tribes that have never talked to people before. There's a whole group of people that play Infinity in the f- deep southwest of Edmonton that... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, is that really Edmonton? No, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah, it or Devon or something. Yeah. And they, they won't come up to anything called a tournament. Yeah. And it's their good dudes, and I've chatted with a couple of them a couple of times. Like, yeah, I, I don't do tournaments. You're like, what? Yeah, they're it's just all us like yelling at each other and rolling dice, like happy yelling though. Like, yeah, yeah. So no, no, yeah, there's like, get it. like this is an infinity event. Yeah, they might have had a bad experience in a different gaming tournament. Though. I was like, gonna say like, I've had a bad experience <laughs> in 40k. Yeah, and we've all had bad experiences yeah, okay, in 40k. Hey, right? You guys so, tend to taint how you perceive. But that is totally the way yeah. Edmonton's. Anyways, we've talked about this later, but yeah. uh, Edmonton's 40k scene has actually soured a lot of people in tournaments and other no systems. I've only played Infinity and a little bit of Blood Bowl, so I don't really have when people start. It's like, weird. One of the reasons. The hell, man? One You're of the reasons cool. I wanted to get down to Vegas for tournaments is because 40k was actually bad in town, and it's a totally different scene no down fooling. there. But it's changed a ton. There's actually been a sort of a self correction, but I think a lot of people still have a weird taste. The good news is the two you've picked are really good communities, and they don't seem to have the problems. Yeah, that totally. 40k does, for example, yeah. or did did or was did, what I would say. For yeah. Sure. yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, it's getting a lot better, and yeah, Blood Bowl. Are some of the funnest events I've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is get out to tournaments. They're a fantastic way to meet the other people in your community that are playing the same game as you. They're there to have fun, like, 99% of the time, again. Yeah. Rarely that you're ever going to have a problem. There's a very good chance that if it weren't for a tournament, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, totally. And and events or tournaments... However, whatever you want. Air to call quotes them, don't right? work on a podcast board. <laughs> no, but I know always call them, call them events because for for most people, <laughs> for most you mean like one of those like <laughs> a caption for the hearing impaired or whatever. <laughs> totally. Ward Lord lifts his hands to the air. <laughs> no, but wow. he his fingers into buddy here. You go to tournaments and just think of it as playing three games. If you want to play three games in a day, yes, that's what a tournament is. And meet new people. But yeah. also, but also to, to your point, what you said earlier uh, is that those people get weeded out pretty quick now. Yeah, totally. I, f- totally. I feel like they don't totally. they don't like linger for a few years still playing the game and, and poisoning. Well, we shame them. We're kind of like as a community, like it's. it's I, like, I don't know if you guys have seen much going on in like some of the community pages right now, but if someone is a bit of a dick. They get called out yeah. hard. Yeah, very, very quickly too. So yeah. for sure. So okay. Well, if you even think you might want to play Infinity, go to the event. Sounds going to be a blast. Presum- presumably, sign up sooner than later, yeah, so you're going to get in on the swag from Corvus Belly. Mm-hmm. And there's only, sounds like there's only like 15 spots left, so we'll, that's we'll, not we'll a lot. We'll post some like links uh, where you can. No, we won't. Go for we'll put it I, in the show notes. <laughs> we always talk about our show notes. So we've never, is, we've yeah, never yeah. posted show it's notes. It's weird. I was, wa- I was listening to another podcast, and they mentioned show notes, and they actually had show notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, to Matt, thanks for Matt Damon not showing up. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Very Freak much. Me the fuck out. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Our show notes just go to 404, which is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little revolving road cone. <laughs> it, it's got an, it has an excellent GIF. It has that an excellent GIF. We made sure of that. That yeah, was like correct. the number two design feature when we were building the website. 100%. Was what GIF on the 404 page. <laughs> That's correct. So go check out our show notes. It's tons of useful information. <laughs> or Edmonton Infinity Gaming on Facebook or PM Matt Chafee, and I'll happily point you in the right direction and cool. talk about what you need to know. And that's, that's awesome. Chafee, as in C H A F F E E. Yeah, no, no RRs, no SSs, no, no <laughs> good, no accent aigus. Okay, I was really looking forward to using an accent aigu. <laughs> yeah. I actually um, can't turn it off on my work keyboard right now. It's kind of bothering me. <laughs> <That'd be awful. laughs> uh, French Canadian keyboard. <laughs> right, so should we, we should move on. Yeah. So Steve, um, so I know you have things to talk about. That you There's want to talk about. so much to talk about, and we need to try and not talk about it all right now. Okay. But last week we talked about how excited we were for Chapter Proven Vigilus. Uh, yeah. We've now had these books in our hands for three days. Correct. And worth the wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have to admit, Vigilus was better than I expected. It might be the best campaign book Games Workshop has ever released. Well, that's a bold claim, uh, but it's up there. Does it have salamanders I, I, in it? No, Armageddon is I said might. Armageddon is obviously still the we, best one. Can we also just mention that Armageddon, though, is still like 21 pages? Production <laughs> value? Double-sided. Absolutely. I'm going to agree with Tom. Production value, for sure. They've really invested a lot more into this campaign book than they have, like, previous editions. So, I don't... I read all the rules, because the rules are not... Uh, they're basically, like, maybe a third of the book. Um, but the fluff, the actual artwork, and the effort that they've put into telling the story around this particular campaign... Like, this isn't just a small little campaign that they want to do. This is clearly the Imperium Nihilus um, book set, which I imagine is going to be not just Vigilus. Yeah, this is book one. This is going to be something cool, actually. And what I really like about it is that they go in all the depth for the fluff, and then they give you a ton of scenario content but that's to what, actually play through it. Totally, but that actually makes sense because they give such vivid descriptions of the particular uh, hive sprawls and the different, the different factions. Yeah, and they they break down the different laws that are there and the different people involved in that. Yeah, even the politics within the particular uh, Imperium factions and how that all plays. There's even out. the politics in the laws. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really well thought so out. So cool. I, f- I felt that it was also very um, comparable to like the Forgeville books for the Forgeville campaigns. So oh, the, the I was going to ask that if they're like the Forge, like the totally. It's got the bra- it's got the breakdown of the units like involved in the in the participation of uh, of the certain battles that they, they have. have fucking gl- uh, mech got- glyph markings to mark out particular areas with stompas and that kind of thing. Like it's it's, it's well thought out. It's a lot like the, uh, the maps the are stuff. awesome. Yeah. Um. So and yeah, half the book is just kind of like that background information before you even get. Partic- to Particular attacks in this forge, like the Hyperia side of things. Oh, Dan actually has Armageddon. That's perfect. <laughs> it was. It got wedged in to the back of the bookshelf. Jesus, that thing is tiny. That book I remember. It is in fact. <laughs> I had that bad boy. It is in fact thirty-two pages. <laughs> Yeah. You, you told get Dad. Get you put your facts right. Okay, so I know I know everybody's probably uh, interested in the main rules for the the. We got to move through this a bit quick because there's a lot to cover. Um, but and what, we'll do it more in depth. Yeah, totally. another day. What was interesting to me for the um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the narrative side of things, but they actually have the first phase of the War of the Beast, the second phase, and they have particular rounds that occur and scenarios that you play for each one. Yeah, and special rules for each section. So. For those of you that have not seen, um, like they can't see it. Hold Steve. it up to the microphone, so everyone for you closer. guys. They need closer. Each, each, each quote, round, Steve holds up book and each round literally off has phases. the special rules for that round. So you play yeah. the scenario for that. Richard Attenborough voice. 
it's uh, it's pretty well thought out for the it's for the narrative side of things because I don't think they've really done something this. And I love the like the events actually. tables they have. Like it's one of those things where which I'm, reminds me of Blackstone Fortress. Yeah, but I'm really I'm excited to just play 40k and not really think too much about tournaments. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> events. Uh, but but getting to play more and and finding ways to engage with being excited about playing and especially having just started working on my orcs again and having so much orc content in here, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit extra excited because it really it gives you a lot of fun ways to play. It gives you a lot of fun add-ons to how to approach it. It's got the battle zone rules. It's got the which are tables. pretty fucking cool. Like yeah. the, the the spirescape. Like gave you runes for fighting in the top of a uh, hive sprawl. They give you runes for fighting in a gene stealer coven. I was a little. Like, I was a little concerned. A bit, just flipping through the book for the initial time. Just like the layout. I was just like, okay, they've got all these cool areas, but there's nothing for them. And then you get to the actual like the break, rules. Breakdown oh, it's of fucking crazy. Yeah, hey, this um, event happens. They give you each each hive sprawl has like an optional rule that you can play with. Like uh, Otech has artillery suppression, and then you roll for the particular types of terrain. It's pretty fucking crazy. So the thing that's really cool too is think about an event that you could go to. We'll call it an event. Um, and back in the day, we used to often mess around with like special rules for terrain on tables or like having different tables be unique or whatever else. We're getting more content from. Games Workshop that actually gives us a template for what those rules could be. I actually don't even know how many, I didn't count how many scenarios there are, but there are a huge number. There's got to be at least 20, like, different scenarios. And each scenario has stratagems that go with it, like, at, and not just, like, one or two. There's, like, eight stratagems. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like, it's Between fucking crazy. Six, six and ten, I think, for, for most of them. So It's insane that they would even put that much effort and again, into... attackers, defenders, they get their own, yeah. uh, that are in, in addition to all your, your normal selections. I would argue they're probably not the most balanced thing in the world like I don't think they're gonna no but it's gonna be fun exactly yeah totally and and those types of like narrative attacker defender scenarios in a competitive environment like yeah there's a pretty dramatic difference in a lot of cases for your win conditions so yeah but at the same time you having stratagems that the attacker and the defender can use gives it an opportunity to it evens the playing field yeah exactly right because maybe the scenario gives the defender the advantage but the stratagems go to the attacker yeah Mm -hmm. Right, like there's so many options to really get great shit out of this. Totally, hundred percent. And then you get into the the match play component of the uh, the book. So what they've added with these with this particular um, book is the idea of a specialist detachment. So you pay one CP to make a single detachment of your army into a specialist detachment, which gains your units in that detachment certain keywords. And it's what's interesting is that the detachments themselves don't restrict what units you can take. Yeah. However. Depending on the detachment, only certain unit types in that detachment gain the keyword. So to give you the example, the Indominus Crusaders, uh, you get basically all your Primaris uh, choices get Indominus Crusader as a keyword. So if you took um, uh, Predators or, I don't know, Razorbacks or whatever, they wouldn't get that keyword, but the Primaris would. So they're basically incentivizing themed forces. Um, they want you to play with Primaris Marines for this particular detachment. Mike, Ooh. I'm looking at you. Um, That's all I got. Or for people to play <laughs> cool armies that are not stupid, with stupid faces, uh, the Dread Mob um, <laughs> applies <Whoa>. to... <laughs> uh, applies I was going to say orcs literally have stupid faces. <laughs> it's kind do. of their thing. Yeah, they do, but shut up. Um, but Killikans, uh, the Death Dreads, and the Gorkonauts and Morkonauts are the only models that gain those specific faction keywords. Oh. Yeah, like, you know what? You know what's a fun unit to shoot twice? 
Gorkonauts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so then basically, once you upgrade that particular uh, specialist detachment, you have another stratagem that you can use to take the Warlord trait and use that in the stratagem in addition to your normal Warlord trait. And that actually, and that specifically is an everybody Warlord yeah. trait. So everybody can take that particular stratagem. So, so you can uh, have two my, Warlord traits. My question for this is a campaign book. Mm-hmm. Is this going to go over to the T word? Yes. No. No. This is match no, play. This is match oh, play. Okay. So it is. It's good. It's like official 100%. rules that go right in. They want to incentivize. They specifically said in the designers' commentary they want to incentivize themed forces. So if you awesome. go to a tournament and you say, "This is my Indominus Crusade force that fought at Vigilus at uh, Hive Spire Otech," like that force should be competitive. It shouldn't just be fluff bunnies that gets wrecked on the tournament table. They want to see forces like that do well. Awesome. Right? Which is good. Which I think is fantastic. Um, so then once you have that specialist attachment, then you have access to certain other stratagems. So basically they're making the themed forces better through stratagems. And they'll often get extra relics um, associated as well. My personal so A fav- couple psychic powers they've added in too. Yep. My personal favorite, and I think I mentioned it last time, is a 2d6 shot shock attack gun. Well, that's interesting. So it's just, the D- it's just straight up shock attack gun with an extra d6? Yeah. That's cool. Um, so for me, one of the reasons why I've been painting up those Wraith Blades is I now have the option of taking a Wraith Host, like I used to have back in 7th Ed. Uh, and it makes my Wraith Blades really fucking good, because I have a stratagem where I can take my Spirit Seer's Invol and give it to a unit of Wraith Guard. Ooh. So they go from having no Invol to a 4-up Invol. And then you stack that with a couple Psychic Powers, and suddenly they're a 2-up Armor Save 3-up. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a tough unit. A super tough unit, and something that you wouldn't see on the table normally. And it actually makes it so I'm like, ah, uh, maybe I don't want to take Talos and mix in Dark Eldar. Maybe I want to have a pure, like, themed craft world army around wraiths. Uh, maybe I want to take um, a wraith knight to mix in with that because wraith knights typically in eighth haven't been very good. Now there's a reason to maybe take that. So that's kind of cool. Dropping with Talos was also get rid of your big game hunter. Totally, and they also make it a lot easier to transport that army. Yes. So there's that too. Uh, So they basically have added um, only specialist attachments for factions that were present present at Vigilus. So you've got your Imperial Guard, your Ultramarines, a bunch of Space Marines actually. They have Imperial Fists and Black Templars and Crimson Fists too. Crimson Fists are there. Yeah, Crimson Fists too. Uh, A few new names. Oh, they added Marnie's Calgar and uh, Harkin or whatever his name is for Uh, the best lieutenant of 40k. Marnie's Calgar. Yes. Because he's a Primaris Lieutenant. He allows you to reroll ones to wound, just like a normal Primaris Lieutenant. It's kind of a funny joke. Because um, uh, he's Gilman's Lieutenant. Yes. Yeah. Great joke. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I just don't think it's funny. Um, Ravenwing have a new thing. I'm not with you. <laughs> Fair enough. My Admet got stuff, which is really cool. Um, Gene Sealer Cult got stuff. Eldar and uh, Garden Orcs. Orcs got three, which is really cool yeah. to see. Which makes sense. They're kind of the main bad guy at the beginning of phase one before. The chaos show up. Yeah, which I, I imagine when chaos actually gets the planet. I mean, we keep talking about a new Abaddon model, but maybe next go around. So all the different forty k armies got different sort of loadouts and troop comps. Not all, but but a a a pretty decent chunk. Yeah, yeah. Like Dark Eldar didn't get anything. Um, Necrons didn't get anything. Necrons didn't get anything. Imperial um, Knights didn't get anything. Um, So that being said, more more did than didn't. Nice. Yeah. But it's really cool. It was, I think, worth every penny. Yeah. And I'm actually, so normally when I buy these books, I'm like, uh, read the rules. Uh, 15 minutes later, I'd never look at the book again unless I need to reference a rule. I've actually been putting this on my nightside table and reading the, the fluff, which is weird for a 40K campaign book that isn't Forge World. Yeah. And it's beefy. Like, it is 200 plus pages. Yeah. 
It's pretty crazy. More than so, 32. If you need more than 32 pages, you just... Is that what Armageddon actually is? <laughs> I wasn't that far off of 21. It's hilarious. Okay, you can't so, do it in 32 pages. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. So the other big release is chapter approved, and I think let's let's just skip the sisters for now. Because that's going to be. I don't know sisters well enough, Dan. You probably should take a look at this before I do. But like, we'll Um, we'll leave that one alone. Let's talk about a few of the highlights from the book. Because there's so much. We can also glaze over the points costs. A lot of things went down. Not much went up. That's basically the the gist of it. There, plague drones went up. You know, you're a little sad about that, but that's okay. No, it means that there's no reason to have to take them anymore. So I don't have to worry about transporting them. Fair enough. Fair like enough. legit. Like fair enough. If I ever finish that stupid army, but um, the big <laughs> thing in this book that I think is more relevant to uh, we have a couple European listeners, so them because uh, they play with more book missions is chapter approved changed the the book missions um, added to. You can still play the book. Yeah, you can still you play want. the you can still play the old ones. Um, one of the big things is for Maelstrom. One of our complaints for ages has been if certain cards in Maelstrom are just unachievable, like. You play against an army that has no psychers, and you pull a card that says kill psyker. You can't score that card, and you're immediately at a disadvantage. Because uh, a lot of times getting rid of cards either costs you CP, or they just stay in your hand the whole game. Um, they have a rule now where you can uh, sort through your deck before each uh, scenario or each game and remove six. So you just take away six ones that aren't going to be yep. So that fixes a lot of the maelstrom issues that people have seen. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is they've actually changed deployment styles from the alternation that's been common through 8th to deploy your whole army, then your opponent deploys their whole army. Which, if nothing else, is just faster. Yeah, it also kind of adds a different... It takes away from the list-building side of things where people tried to uh, limit the number of drops, which is interesting in my mind. I don't know how I feel about that. I like it. I feel like it takes the game, like a weird mini-game, out of the game. Because sure. when it came to playing 40k, it was you had to have slough drops to like, drop down to it, see where the big infiltrators sh- kind of thing, so or not not just infiltrators, but you had to have those like few cheap units sure. to like okay, so you mean get out of the way. I'm gonna throw this down so so I can, can see what you're dropping. Yeah, and then it also really had that disadvantage for armies that have to take more units, where you're almost always never getting that plus one. Yeah, like Imperial Knights always get the plus one. Give yeah, or take. straight up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so damn right I do. Yeah, I, I, the one thing that I don't like is if you finish, if you deploy first, you go first. I'm still not sure I like that. I do, because if you deploy first, that means your opponent gets to deploy reactionary to you. Yeah. So could you imagine getting to deploy second and going first? So when the, but the reason that I don't like that is when Frontline Gaming had their missions and they had um, uh, the same setup, they had data that they could actually collect because they did that sort of thing, and it was like 65% of people that went second just won. So it was basically a race to who could counter-deploy and set up a resilient army. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the whole game. So I'm still not entirely sure, because right now it's very close, around 50-50. So I'm a little bit not sure I'm sold on that. Uh, But, I mean, GW now at least has proven that they have some reasons for doing what they're doing. Instead of just throwing rules at the wall and seeing what sticks. And, and, you know, like Dan said, it's going to be faster. Yeah. You know, and the thing that I really like, too, is the predictability of it, of, like, you can kind of know your army know kind of how you want to go and you can know the table and just put your army down. Yeah, sure. And then let your opponent do the reactionary stuff and see how that see yeah. how that works, right? I'm not like I, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a huge thing. I know most of the tournaments in North America are still going to be doing the ITC or Nova missions, so it's not going to affect us too much, but it is a thing if you play book missions be aware of that change. Um otherwise, yeah, it's it's chapter approved was less exciting for me, but I know you liked the looted stuff. 
Oh, dear God. Well, it, so it's really cool because, <laughs> first off, I'm now going to want to start playing power level games because looted, they have looted vehicles. They have three different ones. Uh, I'm a little surprised there is not a buggy-sized one. They start at approximately a Lehman Russ and then go to approximately a Land Raider and go to approximately a Baneblade. Which is fun, because I've had a I bought a Baneblade like the day they came out, thinking I'll find a use for this, and it's I've I've probably moved like four, maybe five or six times since then. Yeah, and it's just kind of kept going with me, and the box is getting rattier and rattier and rattier. Yeah. So it's looking more orky, at least in the packaging. <laughs> at least the packaging looks way more orky, but now I actually have something I can do with this model. And that we can play in games. It's not for match play. I also think my bane blade somewhere around here actually. <laughs> uh, I sold it to Truman. Anyways, uh, Truman I think sold it to one of his friends. Oh, perfect. Good. <laughs> and just kept the Valkyries it's, and the Stormtroopers. The story of the traveling bane blade. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel though that you are also less excited about chapter proof because everything that you were interested in also got leaked early. That totally because everybody was like uh, everybody that plays points. 40k competitively was basically just like a crack addict waiting for the uh, the new updated points to come out. Yeah, there um, were like Imgur accounts with yeah. Russian galleries of all yeah. the uh, scan changes and totally. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I did see that. So chapter proved I was less excited about. Um, if you play Eldar, really nothing changed. Uh, like it's my list basically stayed the same, so I'm very happy about that. And what I like is they didn't like punish people that built a certain list because it was good. They just made other stuff better around it. Yeah, which is nice. But back to the things that matter. Cheaper. So or the cheap. looted wagons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, hear me out though, because they just give you point lo- or the power, power level. level. Yeah, they're, for, they're for open play. Quote unquote. But what's really interesting is that if you and your local group wanted to make them for match play, it wouldn't be that hard because you can find something of an equal power level and just slap that points cost on it, and then all it. It comes with, like, one gun in the base cost, mm-hmm. and then everything else is, can be added. And it's all, like, big shooters or rockets or zap guns or shit Should that all, do, that all has old. points costs in the new book. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. So all of all those weapons you can add on. Like, the main gun doesn't have points cost because they're typically were the ones that come with the vehicle. Because I remember doing the rules for the vehicle design stuff back yeah. way back in the day. That was always a nightmare trying to figure out the points. But they're pretty yeah. standardized, like, stat lines. There's nothing offensive. <laughs> that was an interesting white dwarf, for the sure. The VDR. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, look, this yeah, yeah, stick yeah, is now a tank. Tell me that was a, yeah. Yeah, everybody remembers that one. But honestly, I don't think that they're... You look at the stat line, and they're not offensive. Or I haven't. I haven't. I literally was just like, don't care. But it's orcs and it's open play. The other thing in the book that I'm actually really excited about is the Tau Eight. No, because it actually makes me want to play in Tau Army. There's a oh, there's um, a formation of 1160 points worth of just. Why can't I remember his name? Farsight. Farsight, Farsight and his friends. No, the one that I'm really actually excited about. There are the rule, and I was I did not know this was going to be in the book. Yeah. For the chaos um, knights. Yeah, they they, uh, yeah, they took the stuff that was online and they reprinted it here, the stuff that came out just on their website. Um, yeah, super cool. Which was really fun to see. And they still have the Armagers, the regular Knight, and then the Knight Dominus. Yep. Um, and the stratagems and everything for it, which is just, it's nice to have it there. And then obviously there's an entire codex that we'll talk about later, yep. which looks really cool. And potentially Mike and I will have to talk about some Tau, because that's interesting. Uh, also, the last thing that we should also mention is they updated terrain rules. Um, some of the terrain stuff that's been in here, they, uh, for the new stuff that's come out, they've just added the entire section over again. Um, so which there's is, no rules for all their model kits for terrain. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, here they go. So everything, including my favorite, everybody oh. knows the Death World Forest uh, kit is our, 
is our favorite piece of terrain. The aquarium scenery? Yeah. Top, <laughs> top. The shitty yeah. aquarium scenery. But yeah, the Sector Mechanicus, the Hematrope stuff, all that stuff came out. Mm. So that's kind of cool. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, all in all, uh, chapter proof is solid. It's, for its price, it's not bad. Vigilus is by far the winner here, which I was kind of surprised about. Well, I think it has to be because chapter approved is a supplement. Yep. Whereas Vigilus, so everyone's going to buy it. Like, they just need it if they're playing, you know, even remotely competitively. Like, it, you don't have to be like a hardcore tournament guy. If you're guy, using but point values. If you're using point <laughs> values, you need chapter approved. Yeah. Um, Vigilus, they had to pitch. Yeah. Because they haven't really released a, a book in a long time. Oh, also, City Fight rules are in there. Yep. And yeah, they're pretty the good. There's like stratagems and shit yep. for City, City Fight. Like, there's a lot of really fun stuff in there. Um, but when I look at it, 100 bucks for both of these books was really not that bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a lot for supplements at the end of the day. Is it, though? Yeah, I, in, in the wargaming world, probably not, especially if you're used to anything revolving around a Forge World book. Those books are stupid. No, but how much... Remind me. But yeah. then, how much were, were your individual... Not the whole set, but just one of the End Times books. Uh, or oh, End Times books? They were like 100, weren't they? Just under 100, I think. I think they're around that. But, but they also mean, came with three volumes. Two. two. Was it two? Yeah, there was yeah. like a, a fluff book and a rules book and a slipcover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like 100 bucks a volume and five volumes that came out like back to fucking back. Yeah. I only bought one. I and just I bought don't, the horn rat one. I don't regret that decision at all. Uh... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, I regret bu- buying the one that was only around the Skaven. But, like, this stuff, it's <laughs> useful, up. it's interesting. Um, I like the fact that they're really trying to add in, in all of these books that they're releasing, the following their open narrative and matched yep. play formats. Of, yep. So, regardless of what kind of gamer you are, if you're that guy that, like, really hates the T word, but really likes the F word... Which is fun, for the record. Okay. Uh, <laughs> glad to clarify. Yeah. Um, not that other one. I can't fucking remember. Are you guys, uh, <laughs> are you guys D to fun? What are you going to do? I thought you were talking about funiculars. Hey, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That thing is Funicular. fun, I guess. Uh, no, but it, so you can pick it up, and there's something for everybody. And I think that unlike in editions past, where it seemed kind of like they were pandering to a certain demographic when they released a book like it was either if you're a fluff bunny <laughs> I love that word it's so derogatory to people that just play the game and not in tournaments yeah I enjoy it um, like it's for you or it's just for the tournament guys or whatever and then like yeah, they'd yeah. have like the the little article of oh also for the other group that's not we're mar- not marketing to here's like this one tiny thing that might be useful or maybe critical so you have to buy the whole fucking book anyways yeah um, totally for like two pages yep this is actually great content um, really useful, and I honestly, I really, really want to do a Vigilus campaign because I've got orcs, you've got Eldar, he's got Marines, Mechanicus are there. Yep. Um, Make it all happen. Dark Eldar. You've also engines. got Marines, and like if we're doing campaign <laughs> stuff, like it can be a lot of fun. And at some point, Ward's you gonna have, have something. <laughs> but he can. Sorry, but Steve's got enough this, that Ward can bore. We can still play games and have fun. There's right? Imperial Knights on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah, they're fighting they're the Stompas. They're not mentioned uh, heavily, but they, they are, are in the Stompa section. Okay, okay. And they and the the so logical they assumption they didn't get any formations. They didn't get any specialist detachments. That's interesting. They are there. Yeah. Um, what was oh. really funny though is that they would talk about Stompas. Sorry, just I, tell- right I was just going to talk about how it's going to be great when they blow up the planet like a month later. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not they're just Cadia, but also the old fantasy. world. Yeah, yeah. like the old world. Did Cadia explode? Oh yeah, they blew Cadia real. Cadia has gone. Um, sorry, but one they're of the gone for a while. F, long while. Press F for respects. <laughs> yes. Press, press F to pay respects. Uh, I played that game. And I didn't even notice at the time. I had to Google that meme, and then I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I remember that." Anyways, <laughs> um, but no, like there's in the fluff there. Uh, one of the Big Macs is just like teleporting Stompas. All over to fuck with people, so like a stomp will just emerge randomly in a field, yeah. <laughs> fuck stuff up, and teleport back. Yes, which is why there's a four point stratagem to teleport a stompa. Yeah, which people are talking about because it's an actual thing now. Like you could do it in tournament play, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's any good. No, but it's awesome because you need that stompa shooting turn one, not being useful turn like two or three. Also, screening out a stompa is not that hard. <laughs> it's a big footprint. Anyways, yeah, so. Um, Fun times. Pox individually? Uh, chapter approved, I'll give a four. Not because it's bad, just because I'm not excited as much about it. It was just sort of a thing that I expected and would have. Eh. Yep. All right. Uh, Vigilus, four and a half. Solid four and a half. My only, uh, my only complaint with it is uh, they didn't address actually Necrons. I think they, the, they're trying to make all these. Um, uh, fluffy sort of factions and, and make things more themed. And one of the armies that needs the most help in the game right now is Necrons, and they got nothing. They'll get it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, so, like, I'm sitting on a, honest to God, four and a half to maybe a five. Just would have liked one formation for Necrons. Dan? I haven't really looked at either of these books in Snap detail. Judgment. Four? Cool. Question mark? I love that Snap Judgment. Mike? Four and four and a half. Which is which? Uh, four for the chapter approved, four and a half for the vigils. Okay. Three for chapter approved. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I just very like, medium. Yeah, I yeah. feel like most of the stuff that if you really want it, you can just yeah find those images. Just not as excited know, about and it. You know, the, you know the points cost just with yep. the pictures and everything like that. And for those of you at home, the book just looks shittier. Yeah, it's not hardcover. It, it's it, <laughs> it just looks like one of the indexes they released back at the start of eighth edition. The reason I'm giving it higher is because they're trying to balance things out. Yeah, I mean, it's right? a good, it's a good they, effort. That is what, as far as I can see, if they've done that. Also, I mean, it's funny that we're, we're giving a book like this a three. I mean, this is, like, super high production quality that's got something for everybody. Uh, like, it's it's well done. I think they've just been really bumping up their their quality for the last little bit. Matt, do you want to give it some arbitrary numbers? It's out of five. One point Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. That's a perfect rating. Okay, like so that. I'm going to give Chapter Approved a five for one reason. Ooh. I know what you're going to go with. It tells you how to convert vehicles. Or hobby content, boys. <laughs> <laughs> There's an, and on top of that, spelled it's conversion K. guide spelled with a K. You are so easy to entertain. <laughs> Dude, if it's orcs, it's like it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. Orc centerfold right there. You have, you have a type. Uh, <laughs> I, love I don't blame you. Uh, but no, it, I don't blame you. The only critique I really have is that it wouldn't have been that hard to just give them fucking points values. Sure, you know? yeah. But uh, hey, so you're giving it a five. I'm giving it a five. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah. if you're giving it a five, what are you giving Vigilus? You know what? Because this, this I've never Vigilus, done this before. Vigilus is way better than Jack. I've Bruce. never done. I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm giving it six. Oh. Okay. Okay. I am so excited for what this could mean for the new direction of 40k. If this is how they are approaching, holy shit, we've done all the codexes. How are we going to keep people interested in the game? Yeah, good which is what they should do. Good campaign books are the logical thing to do, rather than just replacing books that came out like a year and a half ago. he has been doing that with campaign books some, and stuff, right? Campaign. Yes, they finished back up, though. They finished all the 40K codexes? 
More or less. There's, there's, there's like two or three left. Two That's left. really cool. Gene Sealer Cults is the Next. only one left. Sisters, 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 Sisters. Which have a beta codex. And, and that's Yunari. the other thing. Yeah, Unari will probably be a campaign, is my guess. Yeah. Um, but to address your question, yes, that's what Infinity does, is they've yeah. released a couple now um, of the, the campaign, which moves sort of the lore a little bit forward and does not a whole lot to the gameplay. Interesting. I shouldn't, I shouldn't really say that, like, when... Karagi Crisis hit one of the things they did. What, the Uprising was the, the campaign book. That was the book focusing on the separation of the Japanese from Yujing, and that was a pretty big... Interesting. Thing in the people war. lost their minds, I remember. Pe- some people lost their minds. Uh, <laughs> most of them are okay now. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like 4th edition Flames of War players. There, you know, there's... Uh, there's uh, internet. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Totally. What do you do, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and they've so the new one just came out, uh, Third Offensive... Are they generally well received in the community? Yeah, it's uh, the the lore in the background is is really good. It uh, they they use it when they have to much like this, like you've shown, like the different sort of sub factions. They have a couple new factions that they're working on. They use these books as a a reason to drop them, and they often ta- oftentimes tie into the the beasts of war uh, global campaigns cool. that happen for Infinity. So nice, yeah, it's awesome. I, li- I like this approach. It's good. So the yeah. the one thing that I think is genius about this. That I will, and I'll, I'll stop talking because we'll do more later. But you're more excited about this than me. That's fucking weird. Yeah, I know. But like, okay, so imagine if you will, the problem for a lot of miniature companies is bloat. Yeah. Where they they re- produce so many different models, and it gets to a point where their product lines start getting the older products are stale, and they keep but they keep having to turn out new products to, to actually gain increased revenue. What Games Workshop is potentially doing if they continue with this model is we have a product range but only, let's say, a third of it sells really aggressively. Because probably two-thirds of the army books are not getting utilized too much by tournament players. Yeah, sure. Competitive players. stuff and the rest is sort of there. Right. So they can release one of these books every, like, six to 12 months that makes people want to buy the stuff that's shitty. So they don't actually have to produce any new models and they're increasing sales. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, I think it's a little more nuanced than that, is you you can make... You, the, the thing is, is they have to make sure they weren't doing what they were doing before by releasing an entire codex that invalidates the rest of the meta. Correct. They need to just tweak things. And I think if they can get that model correct, then they'll be fine. And this feels like a tweak. Yeah. It's a gentle tweak, not a pinch. Gentle tweak mm-hmm. of the nipples. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which is, you, you can buy the handle with the clamps if that's your deal. <laughs> That's the paint what? handle. The paint handle has clamps. Oh, yeah. No, they have this weird like paint handle, um, which like, we 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 jumped to conclusions on. And it somebody, actually works really well. Yes, Mike has used it. It's, 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 Lift your shirt, Mike. It's you need to check the pricing. It's specific just for helping models models be glued together. We all completely missed that. It's fine because that's not how we assemble models. Yeah, I use pins and accelerant. Yeah. Anyways, like. Like a normal human being? Yeah. I agree. Not nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, um, so the other I, thing that can happen, but we're not going to talk about this particular go-around, we'll leave for, we, I would like to. I feel like you're talking I'll, about it. I'll be shot. We'll leave it for another one, is LVO uh, scenario rulings, or scenery rulings. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a whole different thing. And how to build your army for that. So I'll be fine. Yep. Um, that's that's um, a much better segue than nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you brought it back then. Yeah. So now no, we're going to talk about uh, children. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh, no, but like, 
so one of the things that uh, <laughs> fuck, All right. uh, you're, you're I, the one that did that. I told myself before that I wasn't gonna go there. Uh, anyways, but no, I, honestly, one of the things that I've kind of been noticing the the last decade or so is that we haven't really seen an influx of a lot of younger gamers coming out to events. The last couple years, though, more recently, this started to change. Starting to see a lot more younger guys yeah. coming out and playing games now. I remember like running running events like years ago, and there was quite the the younger crowd. Like the average age wasn't as. So, do you think that's part of the fact that wargaming has gotten more expensive? Because it, it definitely has. Uh, it did. It did. I don't know if it has. It definitely was. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. I think I think enough people got into it. Like the interest was there. Like. Um, years ago where it was a lot easier to get into for sure um, a lot easier to stick with uh, compared to like multiple books and everything like that you basically just chose one army and that was your army completely um, and at that point I think the communities as a whole were all also a lot more supportive and then sure the dark ages came up uh, 40k yeah, for uh, sure named um, yeah, so, so the other thing support, for so. me, even thinking complexity, about it... Complexity, though. The, I think 40K's complexity uh, from 3rd edition was rather straightforward, and then the... Which is what I want to talk about uh, Infinity a bit, is uh, it kind of spiked with the way you've built an army and all the allies matrix and all the crazy special rules you need to know. Like, they had pages and pages of special rules in the mm-hmm. main rule book that you need to memorize. They're all slightly different. It's very complex. Uh, and I thought that was a departure from 3rd, which might have also made it harder to jump into. If you want to talk about pages of special rules, Infinity, I know, is probably the king of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys see in the tournament scene? Uh, is it typically an older group, or do you have uh, kids starting to jump in there? So the predominant uh, demographic for, I want to say, our, our local meta, and this seems to translate to the people I know in the larger worldwide community, the guys that I've gamed with in the States, uh, it's almost all 30-somethings with young kids. And I think there's an element of... Did they start in other games? Yes. Yeah. I want to say to a man, almost everybody is uh, someone who used to play 40k. Uh, Interesting. I, yeah. Um, and, and and not to comment here or there on it. It's just that just seems where everyone came from. And I think everyone, totally. anyone who's in their mid 30s or early 40s right now, 40k was the miniatures game. It was. Right? A long so, time it was. Yeah, Late 90s into the early 2000s. Yeah. It's whatever. It's also, if you're a miniatures like, gamer and you started gaming in your teens, you're playing 40k or you weren't playing. It's also by far the biggest miniature game. You of course, any yeah. uh, store you're going to see 40k first. Yeah. More people. So just just to clarify, I'm not I'm not passing a value statement yeah. here. That seems to be where a lot of those guys are. Yeah. So I think oh, Inf- Infinity is also uh, only been around since 2005. So if you start working backwards from like 30 some year olds having kids, the people who are the people who are bringing kids into the games, I think, are their parents, and the people who have kids playing games. Um, only are now in the first little while at Infinity starting to see that like kind of lining up of their parents have been playing it and now they're playing and that's what it's been like for my children and a couple other kids that are are playing in our meta where it just hasn't really been an opportunity before now. Yeah, and so what's really interesting is that you when you look at like locally a lot of the demographics it's pretty rare to find guys going to events that are much older than 50. Yeah. And like that are regularly going out to events. It's and a lot of the guys we were saying in their thirties, we're now starting to see a lot of their kids. I didn't say anything like <laughs> I said much. I said much older than fifty. He's only fifty-one. I wasn't even looking at Mike, but I could like feel the. <laughs> he is wearing a, a corn T-shirt, so there's rage. Yeah, but anyways, so you're starting to see like this is maybe the question I have is is this maybe the first generation of like second generation tabletop like like Warhammer players. 
And, what, and, does, and it, what does that mean for your slan powers? Um, uh, if you're second generation slan, you're much worse. So it's obvious, Dan. I don't know why you even <laughs> bring that question up. But like, so either way, I guess it's, it's kind of moot because what I really wanted to talk about today is like how we can be useful to this next generation coming through because we haven't really had to question ourselves too much about it for a while mm-hmm. or watch our behavior at <laughs> <laughs> at events and such. Yeah, like how are we how are we providing are an you environment? Saying I'm supposed to be a role model. Does this yes. is this going to yes. affect our drinking? Probably, but maybe know, that's that's an interesting point because I found like as events have progressed the last few years, like the the need or the, the the extra activities that are wanted at an event uh, are, hey, how can I play games that I enjoy, get away for the weekend, and drink some beer at the same time, right? So if you're changing up your venues, like maybe the venues aren't as kid-friendly necessarily, yeah. right? I like, think you're going to have a certain have. demographic no matter what at that point in time, right? Yeah. But yeah, you, I think so. But I mean, trying to make it more inclusive, I think that your venues will also have to come into consideration with that. And how can we just be like... Decent fucking humans that are providing a space where kids want to play games. So did you guys play as as kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started playing at, at Warp One Comics uh, with my my dad, and he Rest brought us. Peace. Yeah, he brought us into the store. Is Warp, Warp One, One Comics? Uh, they're on 99th still, aren't no, they? No, yeah, no, but they did. And they said shot their location moved because you're yeah, talking about okay. the one that was just yeah, like the old one, one with like the dome yeah. windows Which and I the restaurant underneath. Like, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, like, did I fucking miss something? No, no, it's still down. They're further down by 99th. And uh, it was always, like, the, the, the games managers at the time there and the senior guys in the community, they didn't have kids, but they were always super cool about letting, like, you know, 13- and 15-year-olds hang with them, roll dice with them, and teaching them, like, destroying them with, you know, on the table for sure, but being just <laughs> okay guys at the yeah. same time, too, yeah. making it a family-friendly environment. I very much specifically remember the first game of 40K that I saw was I was playing the Aliens vs. Predator collectible card game, because that's how I got started into the comic book world, yep. uh, or that sort of store, Sure. Uh, and some guy had an army of Eldar jet bikes, and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> right? Like, that was my experience, and I would have been like 10. Sure. Right? So, I mean, and I think all of us were probably in that same sort of boat. I know you started with Mech Warrior, right? Mech, Mech Warrior, and I played a lot of Mordheim at Kingsway. Mordheim. When Mordheim first Mordheim. came out, Weird. I was, yep. like, super excited for Mordheim, and I would try to make it out. But to it was Kingsway a mall store, like, again, just hang out at the mall anyways because you're 13 or whatever the fuck. So and let's all go to the mall is today. <laughs> the worst. Um, but, I mean, like, just, I mean, the the stores had, like, cool things that I wanted to be part of, and, like, it really kind of drew me in. And it's just like, hey, you know what? Come play more time, like, once a week. You can gain points, and you can win this. There was game mega game. battles right? and like, events. and. So my, my point that I'm kind of driving at here is I think we're kind of getting at, like, do we have people, the next generation, sort of starting into wargaming? Is this something that's going to be sustainable? Are we making it inclusive for people to actually get into? And but how I'm can we, if be we don't? If we don't actually, we're just in a different like Venn diagram that doesn't interact in the middle, right? Like, well, are there podcast, still people at that store? Our podcast folks, like, we don't have kids. Yeah, but but I'm th- saying that being I don't, said, who here games at a store? But no, like, let's take it a step back and make it a little bit more personal. Is uh, I was at a Blood Bowl tournament uh, a few months back, and I played against Matt's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was Jean-Luc, who was, uh, or is, sorry, <laughs> Paul's son, started gaming, he was, what, like 10? 
Yeah, yeah he was like nine and winning X Wing tournaments and stuff. It was and, crazy. And so we're start we're starting to see a little bit more of that trickle in. X-Wing, how does, how does to be shameful. absolutely sh- schooled? I'm very <laughs> kidding me. I'm pretty he's sure so good. I'm pretty sure Jean Luc, when he was like ten, made top sixteen at Worlds for X Wing. I know he's ridiculous. Like it's absurd. But anyways, so I think you've got that, <laughs> that really narrow window right now. Where I mean, wargaming is a is a domain that's inhabited by at the young phase like adolescent males and then once they get into like their 18s and 19s they're going to be off to another stuff for a while and so there's this narrow window Girls. when they're like yeah <laughs> am I right we're, yeah we're, we're, we're see I never I never we're made working. that jump or school <laughs> which is why I still have I still have toy soldiers and I own this house on a single income <laughs> I skipped that whole phase but that's actually an interesting point <laughs> you bring up that it's adolescent males that's it And but you've got like that 12 to 15 age where these kids are still down to doing stuff with dad if dad's in the hobby and after that, I think th- I think things change pretty dramatically for a lot of kids. So I think if, if you had a couple of generations where that wasn't really captured in that age, maybe that just doesn't pay out for there's a couple of generations where there's just that, that local medicine doesn't grow in that way. Mm-hmm. And like, how do we capture that and support them to keep going and turn into us? Yeah. But like, maybe having made better life choices? Mm, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> us but lawyers. So you, yeah. so you get a van. Yeah. <laughs> you go to live down by the river. That's exactly it. So we, we were actually contacted by a guy. Uh, I was contacted as sort of the, I'm the war corps for Infinity for the region. Yeah. I was contacted by a guy who wanted to show up at one of our events with his 13 year old. He's like, hey, uh, what do you think? Is this a thing? Like, we're worried about, like, is it going to be, like, super aggressive and competitive? Is it is it going to be cutthroat? Are guys going to be, like, not interested in hanging out with a younger player? Is this going to be the kind of... Um, is this going to be the kind of environment where I'm able to bring my kid and where he's happy to come and have fun and enjoy himself? And, I mean, like, our response was, like, you know, on my life, this is the life... I'm cutting my wrist here. There's yeah. nothing I'm going to do that's going to stop that from happening for you. We'll we'll change the matter to make that happen because that's wicked. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I th- so I think like just being in that spot where you can play with the younger player and have a fun teaching game with them. There's there's a degree that you can treat them like a peer that makes them feel welcomed. Um, yeah, totally. Even though they are they are little kids and there are there are elements to little kids that are are irritating. I have four of them, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine you understand. Yeah, totally. But you still have to be able to, to meet them on that level and have fun and yeah, totally. coach them yeah, and play them and show them the game is fun. And as long as you can provide that, they'll keep coming back. And then yeah. I mean, as if you if you want to get really like uh, self-serving with this. The great thing is they'll bring their parents back too, right? Like that's how we got you to come to another Blood Bowl event. Yeah, well, I was playing Infinity at that one, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but like but that was. But no, that's no, that's, that's that's totally it, right? Like, so this guy's a not only is his kid a, a good player, and like this guy that had contacted me, his kid is like the the most level-headed 13-year-old I've seen in my entire life. And I consider my own, like, 13-year-old pretty level-headed. <laughs> this kid is incredible. Like, he'll go to these events and just get destroyed by a couple of those guys that are, That's like, interesting. in it to win. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, it didn't work out for me this time. And you're like, what? Okay, so How is he this cool about it? I've seen adults flipping tables. I've had... So <laughs> yeah. it's interesting you bring that up. So, um... Because I, I, so a bit of backstory. I'm an only child, so I never yeah. had siblings. So children we know. and yeah, we captain privilege. Kids are not my favorite, right? I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Um, so I played the last round of LVO a couple of years ago. I played sure. against a uh, 13 year old, 14 year old, somewhere around there. Okay, and it was a superheated game. We were both uh, four and one at the time, doing pretty well towards. Hold on, hold on. A 13, 14 year old was four and one at the LVO. 100. percent and it was, I was like, 
this kid's probably going to be fucking good. And he was. Uh, and I won the game, but and I've never felt so tremendously bad in my life. Uh, when we shook hands, he was crying. Uh, that was awful. I felt terrible. But at the same time, it wasn't because uh, I'm a pretty decent human being. Like, I wasn't a yeah. dick to him. Right? No, but straight up, I wasn't a dick to him. But he was so excited about how he was doing that event, and he had a chance to really go somewhere with it, right? And so he missed out on the next round. Yeah. 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 Right? Like, that's that's brutal, and that's something that, I mean, the good news is, and there's a bit of a silver lining here, is I saw him the next year at the tournament. He was back cool. with his dad, we high-fived, and we had a quick chat. That's awesome. It was good. And that, and but at the same time, for sure. holy fuck, that's terrible, like, for being completely selfish. I felt like shit. And I think as, as parents, um, there's a lot of, of coaching you have to do to get your kids ready to, to play an event like that. So yeah. basically I have... Um, uh, one son who wants to play, he's my, my eldest, Judah, who you, you mentioned earlier. He likes playing Blood Bowl and he wants to go to all these uh, events. And he's like, every week, Dad, when's the Golden Sausage? Can we go to the Golden Sausage? Like, no, we're not going to the Golden Sausage. <laughs> You're not? We can't. It's, it's we're out of town that weekend. It's, God, it's oh, I was looking forward to yeah, it. I was, if it was one day, we could have probably swung it, but with two, we can't. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, but like, it's been a ton of, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> a ton of like, playing in the house and, and playing against him. And playing hard. Like, okay, I'm going to walk you through what's happening in this turn. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. And if you're getting emotional, you need to take a second and say, hey, buddy, why are you feeling sad? What what are you bringing to this in terms of mm-hmm. enemy? Adults should do this, too. If you're feeling sad, what are you bringing to this that's a value statement about you? Because that's not it. This is a game. This is supposed to be fun, kid. Yeah. And and my other kids are at the spot where they're starting to play games, too. We've got a, the four of us. Four of the five of us males in the house are, are playing a Blood Bowl league together. That's awesome. And, oh, that's and, cool. and two of them are like weeping wrecks after games. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a quick, so quick question. Which is the one, was it, uh, which one was it that did the crazy dwarf long bomb? Oh, that was my second, Caleb, yeah. We're playing a, a game and he's, he, every bouncing ball he was catching with troll slayers in crowds. So there's a troll slayer standing in the middle of three dark elves. He's like, Dad, I'm going to throw this pass to this guy in the end zone. I'm like, it's a terrible idea. It's never going to work. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, kid. Oh, he was and like, <laughs> exactly. He's like, whatever. He's yeah. like, if it works, it's going to be awesome. And he, he fails. He's like, I'm going to re-roll it. Okay. Six. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he catches it and lands like probably the most epic pass that's happened in the history of Blood Bowl. A troll slayer and like three or four tackle zones long bombing it to another dwarf. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but it's one of the things that like kids approach it in very differently. Yes. Um, kind of building on like, what you're saying here, where they they kind of almost naturally approach games from how we all should. Well, yeah. In some ways, they in some ways they almost approach it like uh, like a QA guy or whatever, where they're trying to push the boundaries and break the game, not play inside the lines. But what's interesting though, you say is that's more fun. End up as as wrecks at the end of the game. Like for myself, important caveat there too. Yeah. Um, I, I know, so I never I never had that experience with wargaming when I was a, a kid, but I certainly did with tennis. My dad pushed me to play a ton of tennis, and I played yep. tournaments, and I'd get beaten tournaments, and I'd be fucking a mess, right? Yeah. Absolutely a mess, like mad, angry, all that sort of stuff, and you had to learn how to deal with it, right? Which is interesting. I think it is like a bit of a learning experience, and you, you but it's tough when you're not the parent or the coach or whatever, you're the opponent, is that, like, it's tough to put that on you, you know what I mean? So I think it's a cute, sorry, Ward, go ahead. I was going to say, so when you go to events now, like, do you shy away from those pair-ups if 
Well, you have a choice, but yeah. I, and I wouldn't. I have no problem, you know, having you the conversation. That kind of thing. I mean, at the same time, if you're if you're going to go to like LVO or something, but I, I think how you approach it after two is a big thing, yeah, right? Totally. If you're just like, oh, hey, walk away. And I mean, you also have to be the role model too. If you lose, you, that's awesome. You lost to. Thirteen-year-old, that was fucking. Oh, yeah. Okay, John, so we have we have someone here for a reason because we get a bit of a unique perspective. <laughs> yeah. So instead of us all like thought experimenting, like how we can be useful to a kid we've just noob stomped. <laughs> um, what what kind of recommendations do you have? Like, what do you think? Like us as the like non kids gamers that are at these events could do to really be supportive to your kids or that would maybe make you feel comfortable as a parent having those kids at these events. Sure, and I. I I, I think um, you guys have, have touched on it. It's, it's really difficult, like pairing up against a kid right off the hop, especially if you're not familiar with kids in a, an event or a competitive setting. That's not that that gets my nerves up. Um, and I have kids. I, I think that the, the parents doing the right thing and making sure they're conditioned. The point about like the weeping playing Blood Bowl League with each other is that I have three kids at home that are definitely not ready to be in a tournament yet. They're not ready to do that. Mm. And you see that exacerbated, especially when they're competing against their brothers. Yeah, fair. Because there's a value. There's a whole other... Even Judah, my eldest, um, he came home and played Blood Bowl against Caleb and lost his mind because... Because Caleb pulled off some other bullshit crazy play. On <laughs> that's how Caleb should rolled. check his dice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm making sure I think for the parents need to make sure that their kids are in the right spot to go there and have fun and be and be gentlemen on the way through the door. But uh, as guys, just uh, you, as, as guys playing against them, I don't think you need to pull punches, but making sure that you're you're displaying the same kind of behavior you're asking for them, which is to be, I mean, straightforward, to be non-emotional, and to be calm during the game. If you're doing that kind of stuff, and which is exactly what we're asking from the kids, then it's an equal and fair, barefooted event. We had one... Yeah, I like that point. We had one uh, We had one bad event um, happen at, at a Carbonite, actually. There was, it, wasn't, it wasn't even really that bad. It was someone told me about it after the fact. There was no, like, red flag on the play. But we had a, a guy who had brought his 15-year-old son there, and his 15-year-old son... I was playing against a guy who's um, very <laughs> good at the game. He's, he's very dialed in, very switched on. And he's also one of those people that doesn't have kids, doesn't have, um, and, and doesn't have that particular, uh, I wouldn't really question, characterize this guy as less, eh. Just say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it on here. <laughs> he, just, he was not, he's not in a, a, he's not a super patient guy to begin with. And so, like, first round, he starts like, hey, come on, man, like, I'm slapping the table. You're slow playing here. I didn't get my turn. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And he's hustling him. And he's being impatient. Is it infinity on the clock? No. Okay. I mean, there's a two-hour time round, but for a, 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 a game. But so he just was getting impatient, and this got this kid kind of rattled, and it set up his day for for yeah. failure, and even come back for the second day, which was, I mean, uh, that's shitty. Yeah, in my mind, that was a really big loss. So, I mean, one of the things that um, is is on my list is to talk to these guys and like, hey, man, just. Make sure we're taking it easy. If we have someone coming out here, if we have a, if we have another parent trusting us to spend this kind of time with uh, with their children, it's not like it's unsupervised. They're not dropping them off and going golfing, right? <laughs> That'd be so douchey. <laughs> they, they did that to us when we worked at the store. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Freaking, that's Dude, that oh, that's the worst human being. Anyways, <laughs> um, they go gamble that, up in the casino. It was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Dad's gonna buy me an army. <laughs> That's a thing. Or, or lose Anyways. me a house. Yeah, that too. <laughs> then just taking that as like, hey, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to behave well. And I, I mean, it's funny because we, we expect all these things from kids. We expect them to be, 
you know, to, to behave, to be cool under fire and to, to be okay with losing. And we also need to make sure that we're doing that with the adults. Totally. On the back I could not agree more. Yeah. There are, there are, yeah, kids that I've played that are way more mature than a lot of adults that I've played. Not a lot. That's not a fair characterization, but it's, it's not a it's not age thing. you think. Yeah. And actually, uh, I ran into a guy, um, I don't know if you guys have been playing in the, in the metal long enough to know a guy named Craig. Maybe. Craig Thompson. Yeah. He'd been playing in, in Warp years and years ago. I think I know the name. So he was like the senior guy in our scene okay. for years. And I kept in touch with him over the years. He moved, uh, he was actually coming back on a trip. I haven't seen him in 20-some years. And we went for a coffee. He was telling me a story. He remembered playing against me playing Necromunda at the time. Nice. And good choice, good choice. Yeah, oh, so it's <laughs> one of the damn tables. <laughs> the best game we do. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> and I can like see he, why you play Infinity. He'd been de- <laughs> he'd been destroying me on this game, and I guess I'd been kind of a little frowny about it. But you know, shook his hand after the game, and he just he has this laughing story. He tells about like I guess I'd I'd phoned him later that night to apologize for being sour during the game because I had, I would had just been kind of frowning and staring <laughs> at the table a little bit, and 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 yeah. So it's if yeah, we're expecting it from totally. I like that. That's really good. I think that comes down to it. Like, just be a role model. Like, if you want people to be in the community, and that kind of goes just in general. If you want people to play in these tournaments, treat your opponent like you would want to be treated. It's not that. Or if you don't want to be treated well, like, maybe maybe a bit better. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like think about how you interact with a kid. Like, you're like, hey, man, how are you doing today? You having a fun time? Like, let's have some fun. Let's roll some dice. Why aren't we doing that with adults we play against? Totally. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm Matt. Let's let's have some laughs. Let's roll some dice. I'll try and make sure I, I tell you what I'm going to do before I do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my interpretation of this weird corner case rule is the following. What do you think? And we really over-communicate to kids when we're doing well. And if we do that with everybody, then... Totally. I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree. The, one, the other thing that I, I really want to point out here... There's two, sorry. Is one, if we don't treat these kids well we don't have a future of gaming. Like, we, we got to make sure that we are actually being supportive of people showing up. Yeah. And that does actually extend not just to kids, but, like, all of the demographics that are not your typical, like, white nerd. Yeah. Like, dudes. Yeah. Um, which I think it's it's an important thing for us to remember. It's a pretty homogenous culture, so we need, yeah, and that's something that actually we do need to change. And be accepting of it and, and supportive, um, because if we don't do, like, we have an opportunity here to grow our, our the game in a level it's never been before. Games Workshop is doing kids' novels. Games Workshop is doing a cartoon Which on Warhammer I still TV. Have to so admit, we, we the kids' novels expect. for 40Ks. That's <laughs> mm. <laughs> a bit of a weird universe. So I, so I feel we can see an influx of, of potential new players for sure. In the grim darkness of the future, the Biffy world the the story sword. of love. Wait, <laughs> like, <laughs> chain sword? <laughs> Where's the value like, there? I'm just thinking like demonic care bears and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that could get super cool. They'll just actually. do the Teen Titans go retcon the whole thing. <laughs> oh, fuck no. Uh, I'd be a little sad. <laughs> but like the other thing is that especially it. Outside of those corner cases, like you playing that one kid at the LVO, yep. or Jean Luc, who like you know what, dear what God. is it? But what is interesting though? Can I finish the point? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, outside of that corner case, while. you're probably not playing against these kids at a top table. Yeah, you're probably not playing against them in even the the top twenty five percent. So just maybe take that step back, and in that moment, what's more useful for the community overall? Is it for you to be like tenth out of thirty instead of twelfth out of thirty, or is it supporting yeah. these kids to be? having these days where not only are they going to want to come back for day two if it's a two-day event, but also be excited for the next tournament. Yeah. Because that is what is really, really awesome. And it was kind of my goal 
to have your kid bug you about going to tournaments <laughs> for a really long time. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to actually do something similar to, to Tom's point there where it's just like, if if you're paired up with, with a kid and yeah, it might not be your, your cup of tea necessarily, but again, like the brackets will, will even themselves out if, if that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. And in the case, like you might be surprised and totally... Unexpected and like Jean Luc, for example, yeah, he yeah he's hanging probably, out in the winners bracket. That's he, for sure. You will probably be it's in the champagne room after. <laughs> for him, uh, but but I mean, just just make them like feel included, right? Like talk to them after the game. Like, hey, how do the rest of your matches go? Um, make sure that they get to get those games in too, right? Yeah. Which I mean, the Blood Bowl sure. community at sure. Onslaught was awesome to make sure that that he got those extra games in and, mm. and didn't have a buy. Uh, with and our odd number yeah, two, and that's right? that's a really big point, by and I think that was something that like even he noted and, and we noted too is that like when you have a, a first any first time gamer showing up at an event, should probably not be your guy riding a buy mm-hmm. if never if you can avoid it. That's never should that's be big. Your buys are for your veterans who are mid pack at that point. Veterans, yeah. people that are. I in mean, town any that any other tournament, the seated player gets the buy. Yeah. Right. So I mean it, that makes perfect sense to add to have the veteran somebody that's going to do well gets the buy. Yep. Um, For sure. I yeah. think uh, like it also is the the mature gamer in that that spot. It'd be pretty easy to be like, okay, here I am. You know, I whiffed my first couple games. Now I'm playing against some kid in round four. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> and, <laughs> and don't take it like that. Like take it as an opportunity to to show some totally. leadership, yep, have some absolutely. fun, and be a good human being to another human being and that's and that really is something that i remember quite distinctly from from stuff like the grand tournaments and conflicts and whatnot back in the early aughts yeah in in those days is that was as a as a kid in that like 14 to 16 range that was some of the first taste of like having adults treating you like a peer yes was in the gaming environment and that definitely had a huge impact and like it's good for self-esteem and growth and all these other things and if you can offer that to a kid, yeah, that it is going to be like addictive. They're going to want to come and be a part of that environment where they can be treated like one of the adults. That is really rare for a kid. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's why we still hang out with people that are so much older than we are. Um, Go, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we might have been talking about Aaron. <laughs> no, that's legit, and that's, I think, especially um, for families to run into that sort of situation is is definitely harder. I mean, most kids' time is spent up playing youth bracket sports where there's there's no interaction. Most grandparents don't live in homes anymore. There's well, a huge, different kind of home. Yeah. They, well, they don't, they don't live... Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> dark. <laughs> We're taking it to a dark spot here. Sorry, my, oh family, my oh family on both sides has a uh, history of dementia. I was going to so say, in the 41st millennium, it is pretty grimdark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and grim so, dark, yeah, so is my future, I think, with that whole diagnosis. But anyway. so, so now that he's okay, been really attending nice events... <laughs> As a parent, do you do you feel more relaxed now that he's been to a, f- a few? Oh yeah, I mean, like an onslaught. Like I was trying to run the infinity thing, and I'm also trying to manage the kids. Like my infinity game, like suffered a tremendous <laughs> amount because I was just like, "How's he doing? Is he okay? And is he are his needs being met? And I'm also, am I like, is the community doing okay around him? Like, have I?" Because I was playing in a different system. Is my kid okay? Is he wrecking anyone else's day over there? So I'm trying to <laughs> run back and forth and check point. in on the game and make sure yeah. that. He's being like the the best yeah. junior gamer he can be too, totally, right? Totally, totally. Uh, I feel next year you're going to be very more 
You're gonna be more relaxed. No, I'm gonna pick one or the other. <laughs> no kids. We're playing Infinity. But, uh, I feel like the ship has sailed on no kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but like, yeah, that's that's a good thing. Like, they're all like, when can I play a turn? When can I play a turn? Like, well, that's when, awesome. When you don't throw a handful of models at your brother after he scores, that's when I can consider taking you to a that's tournament. Also awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny though is I actually can think back to moments in tournament play where grown ass adults did that. Oh yeah, and that's. That's unacceptable. Yeah. That's freaking crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's the shit that we do not. <laughs> Who was it that sla- uh, smashed their slam into a box and exploded? Uh, that was a great tournament. I don't remember that, that one. Yeah, somebody spiked a slam. Who oh does that? Dice. I've seen, I've seen dice. people throw dice. When I when I first started, like uh, we would game in a friend's basement, and he would huck dice, and they would shatter against the cement wall. Which is hard because dice Whoa. take a lot of work to break. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a tournament where a guy had built a dice compactor. He built a, a okay. That's awesome. A heated hydraulic press, so if your dice were effing you over, you could walk over and put them and crush wow. them into little discs. <laughs> <laughs> I was, love that. Was that was in Albuquerque. It was pretty cool. But that's at least like calm and reserved. Like I feel like a kid seeing that would be that's like, human. "That's a cool." I'm going to go execute some dice. Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> 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 Yelling into a pillow. <laughs> this See, is my rage pillow. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that in my mind would actually be an acceptable way to show rage. Like yeah, yeah, because it's it's, it's a healthy it's, outlet. Yeah, totally. Yeah, anyway, it's not healthy for the dice. dice no, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I really like that. I really wanted to have like like googly eyes on it, <laughs> <laughs> and a big frowny face like Cookie Monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Mike, we might need to start making a hydraulic press. Yeah, put you to work. Anyways, <laughs> so. cool. cool. Uh, yeah, that was. I think that's good. Ultimately, don't be a dick. It's the same rule we always have. Yeah. Um, so we've probably talked for a lot longer than we normally do. I normally, get, I normally get to see the timer, but uh, I don't know. We calling her, guys? I think I so. Think good. Okay. So until next time, this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. Don't forget, you can go to our website, hobbynight.ca, go to the shopping cart in the top right corner, and give us some money in exchange for some wonderful goods so that we can help pay for this podcast that's otherwise free with zero ads. So... I'm Tom. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. Dan, play some games. Have some fun. Paint your fucking models.